The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night. All day. Booyah. Booyah. Tom motherfucking Segura. Christina motherfucking Pazetsky. <laughs> and uh, December 31st, there's a big Death Squad show at the um, American Comedy Company. Oh, snap. In San Diego, California. And uh, I know of at least one person who you can't even say his name is going to be there because he's not contractually allowed to, but he's fucking hilarious. So that's at least one that you know. that you know. We can't even tell you who's on this fucking show is what we're trying to say. Yeah, Some top secret shit. It's Halloween. Damn. It might be zombies. I got my Halloween outfit also. It's uh -oh. Oh, badass. What are you going to be, Bri, Bri? Yeah, my, a man. My hat is a tip. <laughs> I'm sorry. My hat is a tip. Uh, I know what you're gonna be. I know exactly what you're gonna Your be. Your hat is a tip. Can yeah. I guess? You're a dickhead. Yeah. You're gonna be a dolphin yeah. vagina. Yeah, it's a dolphin with pubic hair. Mm. This is a mess. <laughs> In this right now. In this this path of thinking and communication. Stop. Um, oh, oh, Brian. What I was gonna oh, say Brian. is that you guys, you, when we were talking the commercials, you guys like are the only comedian couple that I know that where it actually works. That's why I hate generalizations. I hate generalizations. They drive wow. me nuts. Because, you know, when, when someone says, well, you know, all these men are angry this, or all these women are angry that, or, you know, this is that, and that, yeah. well, comedians, they can never get along together. It just doesn't work. Two creative people, two people that think they're funny together, it's not going to work. And it never does. It's always like, either the girl's funnier than the guy, or the guy's funnier than the girl, and there's always this weird fucking resentment thing. Yeah. You guys are the only ones that I know that actually <laughs> pull it off. I know. Where you're both funny, What's and up? you actually are like... You're really best friends we are. on top yeah. of being We're, married. Like for like you have a, this air of it's very different than the air of most couples, you know. You think so? Much different. Well, Much different. I think we enjoy each other like we enjoy each other's sense of humor legit, yeah. Yeah. And I think he's super talented and amazing. But that's the weird thing about it. You guys you both actually like each other. We do. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> we support each other. <laughs> trying to figure it out. I've been trying to. I'm studying guys for years. I'm like, uh, there's yeah. something wrong here. It is funny. I, I didn't know, know what's I know. wrong with them. I didn't realize it. it. And then I, a guy, a guy who's married to a comic or was, I don't know anymore because I haven't seen him in a while. But he was like, uh, hey man, uh, he saw me at an audition. He's like, you get pissed. Like when Christina gets something and you don't get it, <laughs> That's and the best. I go, uh, That's no, super healthy, yeah. I don't. It's oh, all super healthy. Like, he goes, oh, shit, "That's my problem, man. I get super pissed when my wife gets something." And I was like, well, "Wow, yeah, that's, that's not, not cool. good. Yeah. You need to go to a doctor." Word. But that's a natural reaction with a lot of people that have never thought about their thinking. Like yeah. a, lot, a lot of people's thinking just operates on momentum, and you know, you might say, "Oh, that guy's an asshole," and they might be an asshole, and all respects because of the way they behave mm -hmm. but it's the past that get you on a thinking like that that mm -hmm. are the real problem right it's like a lot of people when they do asshole exactly. shit while they're doing the asshole shit they're barely even aware that they're doing it right they're just blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. you know they have something wrong with them whatever it is emotionally mm -hmm. whatever is an imbalance and it just psh, comes out like that but a lot of it is just like how do you how'd you get to that like how do you think about things like what is your choice that you make like when someone if do you feel if you Man. feel guilt or you feel rather, uh, not guilt, that was uh, uh, jealousy. If you feel jealousy mm -hmm. that because your spouse got something, if you feel that, mm -hmm. like well, you, should re you should repel that. Right. You should figure out what the fuck is wrong Absolutely. with that. And go, no, no, no. This should be inspiring. This should be right. wonderful. This should be fantastic. Right. Like you, Whatever it is that's trying to flare up its ugly green head, mm -hmm. you've got to learn how to suppress that. 
Some people never do. Or explore why the feeling is there. Yes. Because usually when you're jealous of something someone else is doing, it's because you want that thing, and maybe you're not doing what you need to be doing. Absolutely. That's really what that is. Absolutely. There's a lot of that for sure, but I think there's, there's a few elements. I think there's also a, just a natural competitive element that a lot of people have to fight off that they don't realize this person is not your enemy just because right. this person is winning. You know, this person is right. not your enemy because they're ahead of you in this race. Sure. It's like, that's just inspiration. That's just a person. Right. Like, if you, if you d- decide to create a gang of enemies for mm. everybody that's... You can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can totally do it. can. Or you can have a gang of friends and just inspire each other. That's totally possible as well with the same group of people. Yeah. If everybody gets their shit together. Yeah, we were just talking about kind of the atmosphere that you fostered by being supportive of other comedians. And that's actually very rare. I don't think a lot of people are secure enough. But it's also indicative to do that, and it's awesome. Of of what we we're talking about is it's indicative of successful, true, yes. truly successful people try to make other people inspire other people to be successful. In other words, they not afraid of, they're not afraid of of bringing people along and trying to encourage their success. Well, a lot of people are afraid of losing their gig. Mm-hmm. You know, right. a lot of people are afraid of someone bumping them out. But I've got a lot of gigs. I just keep doing different <laughs> shit, you know? And, yeah. I, and if I didn't do any of these things, I'll find something else to do. There's a lot of shit out there to do, man. Like, if you get tripped up on what other people are doing, you're missing out on yeah. your own life. Yeah, definitely. Right. you got to look at everybody who's doing something awesome and go, fuck yeah. That's what you got to do. you mm-hmm. got to go, that can help me. I see this motherfucker out there humping. When I find out about a guy like... Like who's like a, a really hard worker, like a Daniel Tosh, who's like you know Daniel Tosh is like a super hard worker. Yeah, you know I put it like he and I had this conversation because he got accused of uh, being a lazy writer mm-hmm. during that whole yeah. heckler thing. Mm. Someone called him a, a late. Someone called him lazy because of that whole you know that whole heckler thing where some woman yelled mm. out, uh, "Rape is never funny." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, "Wouldn't it be funny if five guys <laughs> raped her right now?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. which was really Very funny. rude. <laughs> But I described that on stage. I'm like, that's actually the move. That's actually what you would do. Like, if you're a black belt in comedy, yeah. it's the equivalent to the counter to the overcommitted Kimura, the far side armbar. Like, if, if you're doing jujitsu and a guy tries to commit to a Kimura, but he doesn't have control of his body, you spin around and you take the far side armbar. Yeah. It's a standard move if you know jujitsu. It's, mm. it's, it's the black belt move. This is the black belt move in a comedy club. Yeah. If someone says mm-hmm. rape is never funny, like, oh God, you sanctimonious, self righteous right. fuckhead. Yeah. Is it? I yeah. didn't know. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. How stupid are you? you? You're making a statement? That's so ridiculous. Of course it's never funny. But it's funny right there. Right. Because right. he just made it funny. It's right. not the actual rape, but the use of the word. Sure. Then he got accused of being lazy. That fucking guy is the least lazy person I know. He uh, humps it. When I go to... He doesn't go there as much anymore, but for a long time, every time I would go to Hermosa Beach, yeah, he used to live really close to the club. He would come in... And I'm saying, like, if I did five spots in a row there, he would have fucking five pages of notes and try new jokes every single set. Yeah, he's yeah. always working, man. Always. Anybody call that guy's a li- But I, my point was that I see a guy like that, and I get totally fired up to work. I get, yeah. I get oh, fired yeah. up to create. Like, if when I see someone have a new set, like if uh, a new guy comes in town, like Chappelle used to come to the store all the time, and he'd come and he'd watch him do like an hour and just, God, I want to go right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I just right. immediately want to go right. And that's that's a that's a super important thing for artists, you know. You can really waste a lot of energy on that jealousy thing. Oh, it's man. super easy to do. And yeah. it, here's the thing, though: it doesn't just waste time. It doesn't just waste thinking. 
because it takes away from that time and that thinking from really good shit you could have been doing. Mm-hmm. You could have been busting your ass writing new jokes. Yeah. You could have been thinking about how to improve yourself. You could have been reading a book on, you know, accepting like a new empowering philosophy in your life. You could have been doing so many different things yeah. instead of like tripping out about somebody else. Yeah. But you see it all the time. It's all like the time. it's so it's essentially, you know, it's it's like when when people are like writing like these really critical blogs. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, that's like, my f- oh, that one makes me bananas. Yeah, I mean God they're essentially it. doing the same thing. Yeah, they're essentially doing the same thing because nobody nobody is writing like these super hypercritical blogs. Nobody knows people are like happy. Knows people are successful. No. Yeah, they're like these weird. They're in this weird limbo. I shouldn't say none of them. I said I hate generalizations and no, I made one. Yeah, okay. I'm a hypocrite. Well, it's kind of like <laughs> it's it's a little bit of that too exists in like. Um, Disproportionate criticism. Yeah, you know? but like almost like to go out of your way to like you know tag a YouTube yeah. video as you know how much you hate it. You're like, it's really not about that video. <laughs> you know, it's about other things. Oh, sometimes it is though. Well, yeah. Sometimes I guess. it's about that video. <laughs> sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not. It, the, the sheer volume of shit that's on the internet. Did you lose your uh, power? Yeah, sound. Disconnect. There we go. There we go. The sheer volume. Of, of of shit that's on the internet now. Mm. I've been you know been writing this bit or been doing this bit on stage l- lately about the evolution of porn from when I was a child, but it's just I'm I, I it's hard for me to stop and think about a time where nothing came to you from the internet. Right. But I li- I grew up in that time. Right. That was how I grew up. Most of your life. It's yeah, most of my life. And so now when I look at it. It's it's just become this normal part of my everyday existence. But for kids, I can't imagine growing up with it. It's so it's such a different oh, world. The amount of information they get, and yeah. actually, let's go back to this pornography thing because we were just talking about that. Um, like the stuff that I saw first, like from the eighties. Yeah. Like Ron Jeremy, <laughs> I grew up on Ron Jeremy, full bush. Like it was right. always playful scenarios. Like there's a forklift, let's hump on it. Yeah. And now I feel like it's so aggressive, yeah. and it's it doesn't feel consensual and fun as it did in the seventies. <laughs> well, there's and still 80s. some like, consensual and stuff, but the problem is the aggressive stuff is really popular. Sells really oh. well. It's yeah. not the most popular thing, but it's just it's so shocking. That you focus on it. I guess, like you find yeah. it and you go, Jesus Christ. Like some of these, I watched this Sasha Gray video. Yeah. It was just like this blowjob gangbang. And I was like, wow. How does a, where's a person's head at while <laughs> all these different guys are just balls deep in her face? Like thro- throat fucking. Very throat fucking. Yeah. And, and she's like telling him how much his balls stinks and asking him if oh. he ever washes his fucking balls. And then she spits on his dick and just bleh. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> God damn. Like, this, that's a totally different thing than a, one of those 1980s Ron Jeremy, you know, so, softer yeah. era Fun. porn. It people, sounds like just good filmmaking right there. You know? Yeah, I mean, those people back then were fucking, yeah they, were, yeah, they were having sex and everything. It was all that. But there's there's such a difference between that and, like, this, this thing they're doing now. Every guy yes. is on, like, 15 pills of Viagra. Their dicks are crowbars. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 their dicks never go limp, and they right. just stick it everywhere. Never and you're fucking their mouth, and you're fucking their mouth. Yeah, it's very, it's, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't, and it felt like the Nina Hartleys <laughs> back then, that those women were like, I love sex, I'm pro-sex, and let's make these movies. What do you think that is? What is, what is. Why what is, is it like that? Like, what do you think. What led, was it like, or why well, is it what now? What do you think, why did that 
become a genre? Like when it didn't exist initially, why is it a genre now? The what aggression is, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a part of humanity that needs to be expressed, and now it is. And it's, like you said, there's a bit of a taboo attached maybe. I don't know. And, yeah, I and think that that's draws probably eyeballs. a lot of it, right? It does. It has changed. I remember I did a, uh, a joke about it uh, on my uh, Thrilled CD about 80s porn, and then a porn star heard it and wrote to me, from the 80s and she was like yeah when we did porn back then it was like we were a we were like a fam not you know incestuous right. but like it was like we all did it and we you know you were buddies with like the sound guy like almost like what's that fucking movie um the Dirk Diggler Boogie Nights yeah. like everybody knew each other yeah. and it was like you knew that camp real well and i think it was probably a lot lot fewer people doing it because there's no you know you released a yeah. film at, 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 at that point you know like yeah and then now it's like, hold up your, you know, handheld camera. Yeah. They shoot a fucking thousand scenes a day. And everybody knows you can put it online and you have, you got to, you got to tap into a market, right? So right. there's different genres and it's all about just creating as much content as possible and hitting every realm of, of sexuality that you can't even imagine. There's not even porn stars anymore. If you, like, like back in the day, everyone had their porn stars, like their Jenna James and stuff. Like nowadays, though, there's so many girls doing it because of like you know cam sites and stuff like that. That it seems like it's just diluted the whole entire waters of and the tube sites yeah. cr- like have been crushing that business. Yeah, from what I understand. You know? Well, it's funny because that business is a legit business. It was making billions of dollars a year. It was totally legal, and yet. When the economy collapsed and the internet came along and sucked porn dry, mm. like, you know, literally, like, yeah. porn's dead. Like, as, as far as, like, the, the amount of money those guys used to make producing it, I mean, mm. they used to sell DVDs. Yeah. The DVDs yes. would sell a lot. Yes. And, like, $50 yeah. DVDs, right? It was, like, expensive. Yeah, that, that business still, it still exists to a certain extent, but <laughs> a lot of it is evaporated. And because it's evaporated, you know, it's the business is, you know, it's been hit hard. But nobody ever thinks about bailing out the porn business. That is the last thing the government would ever do. Yeah. I mean, if you think about, like, you're trying to protect the economy and different businesses are, you know, critical to the economy. Yes. Porn might be critical to the economy. To Americans, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. But why the multiple dick thing? Why? Like, I need to go with it to a point. Yeah, like, the the aggression. And maybe it has something to do about, are we repressing aggression in society? And is that why it's coming out? Well, we definitely are doing that. Especially if people don't exercise. There you go. We're definitely doing that. Because we're... We're moving towards an era where it won't be necessary anymore, where aggression won't be necessary anymore. I really believe that. I think that that's ultimately what's the reason why people are avoiding they like they abhor violence and why they 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 hate you know all the the evil th- aspects of life like war. The reason why all that is because I think the the human mind as a whole recognizes that it's operating on some really old ideas that mm-hmm. it doesn't need to do anymore. And eventually we're going to move towards a point where there's some sort of complete consolidation of the human race as far as like our ability to to communicate with each other I hope and our so. ability to I think we're we're moving towards like this this time of not doing all that stuff. I think it's it's pretty clear. I know. Can I tell you though? I mean, have you have you done the Middle East? No. No, yeah. I'm not going over there. I know. See, and that reaction is right. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I've been there like two times and I part of me goes, I hope I sure hope the human race gets it together and we can communicate. And then you go some cultures 
are so incompatible with our Western way of being. Yeah. Like, will we ever be able to? I like, think the internet's going to open all that shit up. I, I really do. I, I think, think it's only a matter of time. I think you can't hold it back I for more know. than a generation or two. I think eventually it's just going to overwhelm it. Right. The places that it's being kind of repressed now will eventually... Yeah. You can't stop it. Forever. Well, you know what you're not going to be able to stop? The death of religion. Never. You're not going to stop that it. That is a fundamental human need uh, to want something bigger than yourself, to fear death so much that you need that. Yeah. I was actually saying no, that you're saying not going to stop oh, the, the, the death, death of, of religion. It, that it won't exist in the future. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> don't right, right, right. You don't agree with it. Well, you think it's always going to be... I don't know if humans will... The thing is, is that humans are fundamentally afraid of... They're afraid of dying, right? There's right. The, the death drive and the sex drive, as Freud said. Yeah. And I think that humans are so afraid of... Of the unknown, of mm-hmm. the part we don't know, and then that's a great comfort. And it's existed since we've existed. Yeah, it'll uh, always exist. God, but I think that's just the sense of wonder, and also the 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 knowledge that we're finite. You know, that freaks us out. That's terrifying. So, in a sense, I, I agree with you, and definitely the sense that people replace it. So, if it's not mm-hmm. going to be God, then it's going to be like spirituality and yoga. Yeah, you that's know, what like, I am. I'm, that's I'm where find I'm at. My center. <laughs> I just feel the oneness of the universe. Or if you've done mushrooms, you go, oh, okay. Yes. Okay, this might get real weird. Yeah, because I think that New Age Oprah stuff is replacing traditional religion. It would be all replaced by mushrooms if they were legal. Yeah. All those dummies would be out of business. Deepak Chopra, out of business. Just from shrooms? All of them. Fuck yeah. The philosophy of the world would change. We were talking about... Legal, um, Legal, rather. I think you you get a, a totally different perspective on religion when you live in an era... Where a new religion finds great success, yeah, you get to see like seeing Scientology. You know, I wasn't there for like the actual inception of, it, but like seeing how it has progressed and grown, and seeing everybody's views towards it. You have to imagine that there's a lot of parallels for what, how you ever you view that, and yeah. if you go back two thousand years and seeing Christianity evolve, absolutely, got to be very similar. Oh Absolutely, except you know? the distribution of information is much freer. It's much freer. Back yeah. then, yeah. it was much more secretive, and you know, when Constantine and all those bishops got together and created the New yeah. Testament, you know, they they got to decide. People got to decide what stays in, what goes out. Yeah, you know, they so got to decide crazy. what they put in and say. It's just come on. But it makes you want, like, when you go because you 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 hear a lot of, you know, people obviously be hypercritical of Scientology, and you go. This is absurd. You know, you, they criticize yeah. everything about it. And you go, well, if you go back, you know, how, how right, is your right. thing more valuable? The Catholic Church was right. tithing people You're talking well. about angels yeah. and saints, right. you know, and, and immaculate conception. And, right. and like, well, you're like, yeah, but that's, we've been doing that for a couple thousand years. Yeah, that's, that's the only true. argument is that it's way older. But There's a is... new scholar that claims, or a new uh, published work by the scholar that claims that Jesus was a, a creation and that uh, the the Romans made him up as a hoax. What? Yeah. Hmm. He's the author of a book entitled Caesar's Messiah, The Roman Conspiracy to Invent Jesus. It asserts that Christianity did not begin as a religion, but was actually a sophisticated government propaganda exercise used to pacify subjects of the Roman Empire. Hmm. His take on Jesus is uh, not new, apparently. In 1844, Karl Marx famously declared the religion as the opiate of the masses. Hmm. History is filled with skeptics, mm. blah, 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 blah. Um, it's based on uh, what he described as an important and really revealing parallels between a first-person account of first-century Judea, which was an ancient Roman province known uh, uh, now a part of Israel and Palestine, and the New Testament. 
sequence of events, locations, and Jesus' ministry are more or less the same as the sequence of events and locations of the military campaign of Emperor Titus Flavius, hmm. as described by Josephus. Josephus? Atwill wrote in a blog on his website. Isn't it cool that they were like Josephus? <laughs> that would have been your name. That would have been my name. Yeah. Or it would be your name if you live in like Virginia. Right? <laughs> There's right. Josephus. Yeah, Josephus nice. makes the moonshine. There's moonshine you can buy at the store, but that's bullshit. Ask You want to get it from Josephus. <laughs> we got to use hickory wood. <laughs> if you don't use hickory wood, you ain't making good moonshine. I like a little peach sometimes, a little peach wood. A peach of hardwood. Peach of hardwood. Tickle and popcorn and Josephus will get you what you uh, need. You'll take yeah. his own show now. So who knows whether Tickle or not this guy's right. Yeah. But, but it makes sense. It, it makes sense what you're saying. That, yeah, when you see like uh, something like Scientology right. in our lifetime where you, go, you know, oh, oh, it's L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. That, that guy right. lived. There's yeah. photos of him. There he is. That's the yeah. guy. And then you read the other shit that he wrote and you go, hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hold on a minute. This wait, no way. You like, mean like I, anyone can start one of these? <laughs> I got a Dianetics book in the mail. I ordered it because uh, when I first moved to California, I was, uh, you know, watching TV late at night. Yeah. You know, it's like first time uh, living out here. And I uh, didn't know anybody. So I spent a lot of time watching TV. And uh, there was an ad for Dianetics. Improved. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I'm going to get some Dianetics. Improve my fucking life. <laughs> I didn't know Dianetics was Scientology. So, uh, you know, I buy the book. And mm-hmm. it comes to my house. And I'm, I leaf through it a little bit. It seems... Interesting ideas they have, and, they, and these motherfuckers never stopped mm. trying to get me to join. Really, they send you these things in the mail, they would send you these things in the mail constantly like some new thing and some new offer. And come down here and get a personality test. And di- they're like very diligent, relentless, yeah. they're very diligent. They, yeah. you know, and, and someone who you know is this 94, someone who would buy one of those books because trying to get your shit together, those are the type of people that you would really want to target. You know, that's sure. if you want to have. A nice group of people that you can control. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. The vulnerable when you're at your lowest, right? I was in uh, San Diego filming a show, and there was a right by where we were filming, there was one of those uh, personality tests, mm-hmm. stress test, mm-hmm. and an e meter. And I went over there and uh, I took it. You know, the guy sat down. It was, it was interesting because um, I got a nice read from him. The guy was like in his 50s. He had no idea who the fuck I was. Yeah. So it was perfect. Yeah. So uh, I sat down with the guy. You know, there wasn't any weirdness, you know, like, yeah. hey, is Fear yeah. Factor coming back? Yeah. 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 It was yeah. just some old dude who had no idea. What do you do? And uh, I forgot what I told him. I, I don't think I told him the truth. Yeah. Or I told him uh, a version of the truth. Mm-hmm. So I'm holding these things. He's asking me questions about like my childhood. Like, yeah. did you ever have a cat that died? Like shit like that. And I'm like, this is hilarious. And I'm like, what happens? These these tubes are telling you what? What are they telling you? And there's like a reading that goes through these cans. You're holding on to cans. They're like coffee cans. And he's on the other end of them? There's a wire. It's attached to a machine. Whoa. It's supposed to read your stress. Whoa. <sighs> yeah. And from that, they can sort of give an assessment of, you know, and then they prescribe Scientology. Yeah, because aren't they called nice. like any engrams or something? Where I don't understand it. You're scarred from certain moments of your life, and then they go back and try to undo the scarring. Yes. Yeah. Did he oh. told you what was wrong with you, though. Was he like, "Here's what"? Yeah. You, what was is... wrong with you? Oh, it's pretty normally said. <laughs> oh. Said I could use Scientology, though. <laughs> yeah. Of course. You can <laughs> always nice. use it. Assessment. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I think the deal with like Scientology or anything where a lot of successful people are a part of it though, like John Travolta and Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise, especially is a very ultra successful movie star and obviously a, a very driven guy. So you see him being a part of something like that and you go, Oh, 
well, this is obviously doing this guy like a lot of good. He's super confident and he's like really positive and so positive. radiant with his smile. And you're like, yeah. well, this, if it works for this guy. <laughs> he's so fired up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it works for him, like yeah. maybe it's not so bad because you don't see like any Mormons that are like super ultra pumped Never. to be a fucking Mormon. <laughs> no. They keep you're that right. shit kind of on the DL. <laughs> Nobody's you know? excited to be Mormon. It's sketchy. Yeah. Like when you or know Amish. that when Fuckhead was running for president, when Romney was running for president. <laughs> And it came out that not was he just Mormon, but he was from a mm. sect that broke away from the United States because they wanted polygamy. So they set up a compound in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's like, dude, that's a wrap. Yeah. yeah. Done. Yeah. That you take care. Oh, forty and then the forty seven percent comment too. Oh, right, right. People right. that are not gonna vote for him yeah, anyway. That's awesome. Yeah, those two things were big. That you can't you can't, your dad was born in Mexico. His dad is born in Mexico. That's why his dad could never be president. That's why he was running for president. He was born in America. His dad is a Mexican, like from Mexico because of Mormonism. Because they all moved down to Mexico. They denounced U.S. citizenship. Wow. So they could fucking set up a compound where they could just ball. They just wanted eight, (laughs) nine wives. They wanted to not be locked up So un-American. Can I tell you, I love that show. Have you ever seen, I don't watch it frequently. What is this, the Mormon show, All the Wives? Sister Wives. Oh, the yeah. f- HBO show. I don't think it's on anymore. No. Uh, you no, you're yeah. talking about a reality show? It's on show? like yeah. TLC, yeah. Oh, it's a reality now, show. Because I don't know if you've seen The Wives, but no. my favorite part of the show is that you know this guy was like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to get five hot-ass chicks. We're going to be doing orgies. And they're all so fat and out of shape. Like, they're of course. Sister no pigs. competition. Right. Yeah, they're the pigs. And, and it's so great because like, it's totally the opposite of what he wanted because they pump out kids every year right. and of course like you how do you know, know that's what he wanted i, I imagine because you know why because he gets a younger a hotter model like every five years they allow him to get like a, a 20 version yeah. and then really? she balloons right over the course so they start like, the wow. pretty good looking years. yeah those other girls are probably poisoning while she sleeps <laughs> for sure <laughs> i they want to keep her fat for sure yeah right <laughs> i think vice did um at least on on their youtube channel i think they did a profile on uh, Romney's Mexican past. Yeah, and yeah, like, oh, they definitely did. Yeah, because uh, Shane Smith came on the show and told us about it. It's pretty awesome. What they did was awesome. Yeah, well, they're badass. Yeah, they're badass. Yeah. Vice is gangster. They yeah. they go everywhere. Yeah. They're, it's the they're what the journalism world has been needing for a mm. long for a long time. time. Yeah, like they're and you know they get a lot of heat. They get a lot of heat from the New York Times. They got a, le- a lot of heat from legit journalists that like somehow or other didn't think that their work was up to standard. Mm-hmm. Look, you guys are being silly bitches. They had introduced a lot of people to a lot of really crazy shit that, mm-hmm. may, that maybe they not wouldn't have known about, and they cover everything. From they're the, informing them. The yeah. garbage mm-hmm. patch in the middle of the Pacific to what's going on in North Korea. I mean, they went to North Korea and fucking yes. hung out with everybody and ate dinner, and they, they were traveling around in North yeah. Korea filming these things. I remember. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, North Korea yeah. was awesome. They give zero fucks. Yeah. That Shane Smith <laughs> is a bad motherfucker. He yeah. goes to Africa and hangs out with the cannibals. Yeah. He's hanging out with the Liberian cannibals. The guy's talking to him about eating babies. <laughs> How he's killed the oh, innocent children of the enemy and eats their heart, eat their heart and drink their blood because it makes them invincible. General Buck Naked. This guy used to fight naked. They called him General Buck Naked. Whoa. He's killed thousands of people. And he got away with it because he became a Christian. Mm. So when he became a Christian, they absolved him of his crimes. Yeah, wow. Lucky, yeah. Yeah, fascinating. You need how that works. Vice huh? was right there, man. Right, right yeah. there covered that. Fascinating shit. They were, wow. And they were in North Korea. They did an awesome profile of North Korea before Kim Jong Il died. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like seeing how they got in, and like the the reality of like being in uh, the capital city in Pyongyang, and like 
the way the hotel, like everybody was like, basically, you felt like they were just being watched. They were being spied on by everybody. And what they were like, you know, they brought them the food. And he said that, you know what I mean? Like to yeah. like lay out the red carpet for them, but it was basically all unedible, I think he said. Like it wasn't good stuff. And hmm. then they took everything away. Nobody else was eating. Um, but well, there's no one else in the restaurant. No one else they there. They pretended yeah. it was a restaurant. Right. right. But it wasn't a restaurant. They just set it up. Yeah. They set up where they were going to cook for them and made it look like a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, there was no one so else there. And they the, just did it. Look, we so live a crazy. good life over here. The yeah. movie studio, and they're like, we've done like the, yeah. the Kim Jong Il's directed like eight hundred video movies <laughs> and stuff, but he consulted on thirteen thousand. I mean, he was like, wow, that's a lot of movies. He's like, yeah, he's amazing. Consulted yeah. on yeah. thirteen thousand movies. There's one Lisa Ling did ages ago. It's on Netflix. I watched that a while back. And some guy escaped who worked in the guard tower. Did you ever see this? He no. got out of North Korea. And he's like, the minute I got under a fence, the guy that he was with got trapped under the fence and died immediately, was electrocuted to death. And he goes, the minute I knew I got out of North Korea, I knew that I had signed my family's death warrant. Because now they go after your family. They put them in that, what's that, their area? What is it? like? Camp 14. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I just, I fucked over my entire family. I mean, yeah. How do you deal with that kind of a guilt? I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. If there's if there's the big argument, if the United States was really trying to like clean up evil in the world, right? That's the spot we hit. For the sure. The problem is they're poor as fuck. Yeah. They're poor as fuck. If, we, if they were really trying to liberate, a lot of them are brainwashed. Yeah. You're right. It's bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean what they're are you scared. Do with them, you know. Well, you would have to fucking free these people first of all, and then you would have to slowly sort of reindoctrinate them to the idea of freedom. What they're at, they're at, they're in one of the last great dictatorships, and it's 2013 with the internet and everything, and with your neighbor to the south who used to be connected to you, used to be your former countrymen, are banging out cell phones and TVs <laughs> yeah. and fucking massive electronics and cars and constructing things, and all you bitches have your lights out at night because you can't keep your electricity on. Like if you wanted to see what works and what doesn't work as far as happiness and a good population. You need to look no further than South Korea and North Korea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's the difference between living in a dictatorship and living in a democracy in the same country, mm-hmm. the same patch of land. Yeah. I mean, it's the, you can't control people. They don't like it. It doesn't work. And it's sort of what we were talking about earlier, about like the ideas of being generous and helping mm-hmm. and, and loving or being a fucking weirdo who's trying to control everything. Yeah. It applies to people, it applies to governments, it applies to everything. Absolutely, right? You can't build walls to keep people in and out. Look what happened in East and West Germany. The same goes building walls to keep Mexicans out. It doesn't work. Well, it does work. That's why there's a Mexico and that's why there's the United States. The the question is, is it a good idea? Right. It doesn't work totally. You know, it doesn't work 100% of the time, but it probably works 90% of the time. (laughs) You know, if it was wide open, there'd probably be no one in Mexico. (laughs) That shit would empty out so quick. It would be. Do you think, really? Oh, my goodness. With the quickness, son. Oh, my God. The United States would double in population Uh, in a week. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot of room in in the Midwest, don't we? Well, there's people that would love, I mean, there's parts of Mexico that people love. You know, a lot of people live in Mexico City, they love it. People would come up here. Angel lives in Mexico. Yep, Cancun. He loves it. She loves it. It's It's, um, he loves it. He loves it. I would. uh, I think that we was trying to be like politically. Of course, (laughs) backfire. Yeah. Uh, The economy, though, people would come here to make money. (laughs) You know, that's why people would come. Um, Yeah, the economy and also the uh, the. uh, I I see both sides of it. I see the the 
logic in controlling our economy and not allowing people in because it allows you to maintain at least one area and try to keep it viable. But the idea that somebody should be locked out just because they shit out of luck and were born in some terrible, impoverished town in Mexico yeah. and that they can't ever get out of there and come up to where it's awesome, yeah. that seems to me like the only reason why that would exist is because we... As, as humans think that the, the idea of managing the whole world is just too daunting a task. So we have to block it off in little chunks, apply philosophies in those chunks, and then enforce the borders. Because, like, we're not ready to combine. We're not ready to combine yet. Because if you're ready to combine, the number one thing you got to do is you got to fix the poor spots. You have to fix the poor spots. But yeah. don't you feel like one day we'll have a universal citizenship? It won't be about yes. this nation Maybe. versus that. It'll be passports will be a thing of the past. It's possible. Yeah, man. We would have to get over a lot of shit, though. And we'd have to, like, strengthen impoverished areas. There's got to be a lot of money in rebuilding shitty neighborhoods, just like there's a lot of money in rebuilding things uh, they blow up in Iraq. Yeah, I was just going to say, look at Iraq. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if it's a success or not. We I just need know. to get Halliburton involved in community centers. <laughs> That's a great idea. If Halliburton got involved in community centers, <laughs> just rebuild Detroit. <laughs> you, oh, my oh, God. The contracts would be problems. billions. Yeah. The jobs would be intense. Absolutely. It'd be amazing. Right now, yeah. yeah. It'd be amazing. Flint and yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Should, I mean, I, I don't understand why it's okay to build shit on other parts of the world that we blow up, but not build shit that just fell apart on its own over here. I agree. We were in Detroit for uh, that sci-fi show, mm-hmm. and we went to- Oh, uh, I saw that one. We went to Zog Island and yes. we went around that area, and wow. It's depressing, man. Yeah. It's, very... You can buy a house for $100. <laughs> That's so crazy. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I saw that because, you know, the government just gave or loaned, I don't know, which one of the two, Detroit, a lot of money. Yeah, so, well, it needs it. Yeah, and they were saying that, like, I mean, this is like a little thing, but like 40% of light posts, you know, uh-huh. at night don't work in, the, in Detroit, in the That's greater bananas, metropolitan dude. area. It makes sense. Um, the average response time to a 911 call is 58 minutes. Mm. Oh, my God. So that means, you know, fire, ambulance. Oh, my uh, God. It's a long fucking time. Yeah. That yeah. sucks. For an it average. Sucks. For an <laughs> average, right. And what's really incredible is that town was created basically on the the business that was like one of the best businesses for the United States mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. The automotive Auto business. Yeah. Dude. At one point in time, they were rocking. Like I, my friend best. Justin was on the, sh- the podcast and he worked in the uh, Ford factory. Mm-hmm. My for dad years. worked in the Chrysler factory. Yeah. And it was, you know, they could, people could make a good living. Yeah. And they could mm-hmm. support a family and they, they churned out these cars. Yeah. But then when, remember, uh, remember when like, um, when they all had the, the bailout for the auto yeah. companies, the big thing was, that I think those guys overextended themselves with the like the offers of their benefits because the whole thing was like I think it was twenty or thirty years I think maybe it was thirty years yeah and then you got like full you know incre- incredible benefits right and so you had essentially a lot of people that could retire at fifty oh, right great. and that's what one of the main things of why you know. So that's why they were losing money because they had to pay these guys. Well, eventually, I mean, you know, the, the automotive industry became more competitive, so they're not as dominant. And and but then, yeah, one of the things that that they said was a problem was that you have people who are essentially entitled to full benefits 
at 50 years old. Yeah, Justin was also saying that there was also jobs where it required you to use two people. There was a union contract, but they didn't really need to use two people. Mm-hmm. So you would have like two-hour shifts. Like you would come in for two hours and do it, and then you could go leave and do whatever the fuck you want, and then another guy would come in for two hours, and you did two shifts a day. And you each did two shifts a day. And that's what, the, and you got paid for a full job. And it's just because of the greed of these, these auto workers, the, right. the, the unions, rather. Yeah, the unions, yeah. And then, you know, there's also the real, another problem was they made a bunch of shitty fucking cars. And that's not the auto workers' problem, mm. it's the design problem and yeah. the, the engineers' problems. But goddamn, the United States made some terrible cars in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, they're, they fucked up everything. They fucked up the Mustang. They fucked up the Corvette. They fucked up the Camaro. Mm-hmm. They fucked up all the greatest cars that the United States Had has ever, ever produced. Built. Yeah. Fucked them all up completely. You mean like the designs? They were dog shit. <laughs> in the, like the late shady. 80s yeah. and the early 90s, they were dog shit. They were <laughs> the stupidest looking, ugliest fucking cars. It's like they were trying to tank it on purpose. Yeah. They t- you go back in time and you look at a 1969 Mustang Fastback. Yeah. Look at like a GT500 from 1969. Those cars were a masterpiece. That's the lines on them, the appeal of them, the just the just look at them just like artistically. They had this this appeal to them. And then they tried to make cars more gas friendly because the gas prices went up mm-hmm. because they had the, like the fake right. gas shortage where they fucked everybody right. and oh we ran out of gas. Psych. Right. You know? Um, then they just, from that point on, they all just went to shit. They couldn't have those big V8s anymore because they only got eight miles a gallon. So instead they started making these stupid six cylinder Mustangs. It just looked like dog shit. And the big thing now is that what, what gave a big boost at least, you know, like to Dodge was that they went to a throwback. It was like, these look like the old yes. designs, like the Dodge oh, Challenger. Yeah, the Challenger is so rad. Camaro, oh, the Challenger's well, rad. The yeah. Challenger gorgeous. really looks like an old one, but mm-hmm. the Camaro looks like a new car. I mean, it's it's like they didn't. They it's got kind of a retro hot rod kind of a look. Yeah, to it, it does, but it's still but, new. Yeah, yeah, it looks badass. They had a new. Uh, they have a new uh, Trans Am. A um, oh really? A, yeah, a, a Camaro Trans Am. And, uh, Can you still get the Falcon or the not Phoenix Trans Am? I mean Z twenty eight. The Trans Am was the Firebird Z twenty eight, and the Z twenty eight, the new Camaro, is faster around a racetrack than uh, than a Porsche. Really? Because we were, didn't weren't you in the car? Yeah, we were yeah, playing yeah. the video. Yes. The sound of it. Oh my god! Is yeah. oh, that the one that you can make the sound Ooh. of? Not as good. I, he can do I the do a terrible I love your idea. sounds. I Thank saw you them much. on Vine. Appreciate it very yeah. much. Really good. <laughs> really out. good. Well, I was Brian really Callen, Check out Brian Callen. For whatever, <laughs> whatever reason, likes hearing me do animal noises. I love your animal noises. I was so impressed. Your dog is impeccable. <laughs> the bear. The bear has is layered. Yeah. The noise is perfect. Yeah. And so is the lip quivering. Yeah. The yeah. Does. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. It's really good. I really don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I can only do a few. Imp- I'm not. I would never say I was an impressionist because I can't do a lot of impressions. Like my voice range is not that good but if it falls in my range I can do it Alex Jones you do it really yeah I well. can do that guy and you can do uh, Diaz well I could do Diaz they, see those guys are in my range they're yeah. shouty yeah. loudy guys yeah. you know <laughs> yeah very good I can do some people but it's it has to I, you, know, you know like you couldn't say hey uh, do, do so, Justin yeah. Bieber yeah no did you no. see that fucking video this is the Z28 that's the car is that Jay Leno yeah Jay Leno's a car fiend that's his garage in Burbank they took this. Uh, that's not the Z28. They took this Z28 and uh, they took out everything. All the, the navigation, radio. Only has one speaker to let you know that the door goes ding, ding, ding. They took out all that shit to make it super light. 
and put in a 500 horsepower naturally aspirated engine. He's got wow. denim on denim on, Jalen. He, he always has denim That's on. That's how yeah. he rocks it. Yeah. He's not growing up. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Toys R Us kid. Good for Listen him. to this thing. High-end parts like uh, the Brembo carbon ceramics and so on. It's going to be more than You hear that? That makes the guy's balls tingle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's the first time this car's out on the public street, I'm sure, at least in California. Look at that thing. It's Malibu Canyon Road right there. That's because right? it's you, Jay. It's not for the car. <laughs> that is a wicked car, though. As yeah. far as American cars go, that That's car badass. is wicked. What do you think? Should we get one? It's a nice car. How much does that cost? It's not that much. As far as like the kind of performance, I think it's probably going to be around 60 grand. Let's find out. New I'd Z28. Like that. New Z28. I, mean, I like the, it black. The, the bargains are the Z28 and the Corvette. They have a new Corvette now that's fucking incredible. Yes. The fucking new Corvette is crazy. <clears throat> oh, it's amazing. How and the is price that? is pretty amazing How for what you get. How much is the new get. Corvette? It's like 60. 68, I think. They had it on the... the Stingray Z51? Well, they have the different... The Z28 is... Uh, oh, the Stingray is the new... Um, yeah, the Stingray is the new Corvette price. Hmm. The um, Stingray is incredible. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Go to the... Uh, see if you pull up uh, Matt Farah, that dude who was on the podcast, the Smoking Gun. Here's the... There's that. Looked like when I was a kid. Corvette. I like the bra on the car. They look so cool. Wow, look at that. Look at that. Do you have to put a bra on it though? No, those are done. They don't do those anymore. (laughs) Why did they do a bra? People have clear bras now. It's a clear sheet that keeps the chips. It was to avoid paint chips from rocks. That's why people wrap their cars nowadays. Look at this thing. Sounds like you behind the wheel. <laughs> yeah, buddy. The first thing you're struck by is how light and nimble this car is. Look at the seats, man. You know what? With each generation of the Corvette, it seems to get a little bit lighter, a little bit smaller, and a little more agile. And this one really feels like the best one yet. It's a sick car. I just love that America's finally figured out how to make cars that don't suck a fat one. For the longest time, they were dog shit. I got a um, a Ford Mustang. Just because I knew that Mustang didn't take money from the government, they didn't take a bailout. So I was thinking about getting. I wanted to get some sort of American hot rod. So I got a, a GT500. Oh, I remember that, that. That's why I got yeah. it. I got it because of the fact, and because it's just it's pretty badass. Yeah, it's a it's. They figured out how to make fun cars again. Yeah, they figured. Is that out a Shelby? Make, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those things are fucking that thing, awesome. That that rumble too when you start that up. <laughs> it's very manly. Yeah, this is even more manly though. I think the Z twenty eight. I might have to purchase one of these motherfuckers. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I I want to support honestly, like no bullshit. I really do want to support American car companies that yeah. are making cars like this. That's great. Are they making them in America though? God, I, I hope so. Know. Volkswagen. Just I hope they don't give to them to no other peoples. Mm-mm. We have a lot what, of Volkswagen? foreign. Volkswagen just went to now in Mexico. Hmm, that doesn't seem like German <laughs> to me. Volkswagen. Don't, don't we have foreign though plants here for like? Doesn't Porsche make some Porsches in Alabama? That's a good question. I don't know. BMW no. in South Carolina. I know Honda does. I don't. Yeah. know. I bet I would imagine that other companies do as well. Yeah, I think Porsche is in Alabama. I wonder if that's so like weird. because it, it's good. easier to build the cars over here instead of shipping them. You know, like yeah. whatever it would cost yeah. you to ship them, you could probably make them over here yeah. with the same engineering. Too yeah. expensive. It's to all ship. robots. Yeah, there's a lot of it is, right? It's all automated. Yeah. That's, that also killed shit. a lot of jobs. Yeah. 
because everything, a lot of it is automated. Yeah. But the precision that you can get in automation is, you know, pretty goddamn amazing. Yeah, yeah. We can print out a car pretty soon. I bet you're right. <laughs> Dude, there's no bullshit, man. It's going to come. I think there's going to come a time where going to the store and buying things, people are just going to laugh at you. Right. Oh, my God, you guys used to buy shit? That's yeah. so stupid. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be able to just put, like, you're going to have a printer at home. And you're going to keep ingredients in it, carbon, silica, this, that, the other, different various metals. And then you're going to say, you know, build me a fucking TV, bitch. So and you great. enter in your credits for the uh, the design yeah. for the TV. And you get uh, on your iTunes account, it charges you for the design for the TV. That's what you pay, like a design license fee. Mm-hmm. And then you have to pay for the, um, the materials. And then mm. I think everything will be like way cheaper. Except yeah. the machine. The machine's going to be a motherfucker. Yes. But it'll be just like cell phones. When cell phones first came out, no one had them. You know? No. They were super rare. Now, you go to any place in the world, people have cell phones. Yeah. I was in Brazil, and, you know, it was in 2003, everyone had a cell phone. Really? People have cell phones. They're everywhere. And it used to be, like, prohibitively expensive for poor people. Do they have the mm-hmm. backpack thing where you have to put the phone? Oh, I remember that. <laughs> What's up, player? Yeah. yeah. Little Android phones and iPhones and shit. Remember They're car everywhere. phones? Oh, yeah. I, I actually like that. Yeah. I had one. I had one installed in my car <laughs> in 89, 89. Those were dope. I would yeah, like to have one of those phones. again, just the, the clipping. Yeah, it was nice. <clears throat> yeah. It's nice, right in the center console. Yeah, oh. it, was, it was a cool thing to have. Like, you would uh, you'd be on the phone. Hello. I'm driving right now. Yeah. <laughs> like it was impossible. No fucking minds. way. Nobody believed it. No. Nobody. But you would have roaming charges everywhere. Oh, is that right? I didn't even know oh that Oh, my happened. God. You were only allowed to use it. When I had it, you were only allowed to use it in Boston itself. And when I would go outside of Boston, I would enter into a roaming area. And the, the roaming areas would be ridiculous. Mm. It would be like, you know, a dollar a minute, a dollar ninety-five a minute or something like that. And it was just Whoa. a few hours from your house. It's not like today, yeah. you know, it got real competitive, and today you could go anywhere and your phone works everywhere. If you yeah. go internationally, you got to pay rates that are different because they have to use their service, but in the United States, it's essentially wherever the fuck you go, you're all right. So crazy. But I was in western Massachusetts, just two hours from my house, and it was roaming. Oh. Just you were you were you had like a really little area, like even in Massachusetts you and had it's a roaming. Phone. Yeah, what was that bill like? It was stupid. <laughs> it was unbelievable, and I had no money back then. I was like, oh god. Yeah. Dude, do you realize I didn't I didn't have a cell phone until I graduated from college and entered the workforce. Like just thinking about being 16 years old, waving goodbye to my dad, getting into my 87 Chevy Nova, and just taking off for the night. And my dad not knowing where I was, yeah. when I was, I didn't have a page or nothing. And I would just, you know, Go. come Bye-bye. back at two in the morning. Yeah. You were shooting I mean, porn. I was shooting porn. I was yep. doing H. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was stripping. Smack. Can you believe that? No, I know. You didn't, that's the you, thing is, you didn't even look have at to... this, this guy's got one in LA. Hey! What's up, man? What? Look at that. <laughs> Holy oh! shit. Transportable cellular telephone. I bet the battery's Whoa. better than your so iPhone. Oh, yes, yeah. right here. oh, it's massive. It's Look at that thing. Is that a you. fucking phone? Yeah, it's Bill Gates. I heard about the merger. 500 shares. The affordable transportable. The dad takes the phone. Son, don't you do it. <laughs> That's a cockbuck video. That's what that is. <laughs> Sophisticated <laughs> cockbucker. Dad's a hater. Kid's yes, smarter right? than him. He's got his big stupid phone. The kid's on a little <laughs> laptop. Meanwhile, it's like. 1918. When 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 did they invent laptops? Oh my god! <laughs> that kid had a laptop. Oh, what yeah. the fuck yeah. was that thing in his lap? So the typewriter. I think it was one of those word processors. Remember those like oh, word yeah, processors? Oh. Hewlett Packard. Yeah, it's trying to let you know geniuses are ahead of the curve. <laughs> I've had a cell phone forever. 
like I said, I got my first one in 89. 89. That's yeah. good. And then I, um, I, I couldn't afford it after a while. So I think I probably got my next one in 93. 92 or 93. Got some big, stupid Motorola <laughs> brick. The brick. It's called a StarTech. <laughs> yeah. Click. And it had an extended battery. The Nino Brown. Mm. Needed that extended battery. No, it wasn't that big. No? I didn't have that one. I know what you're talking about. I had yeah. a girlfriend that had one of those. The Nino the real Brown? bricks. Yeah. yeah, the brick. <laughs> my brick was a flip brick. It oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, my first one flipped. I never got the full brick. I still see, I think the uh, the Motorola Razor, which came obviously much later, yeah. is the perfect fucking cell phone. It really is. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it was but, a good but one. It, Cameras. It's not good enough. Yeah, right, it's not good enough. It just can't fuck with today. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a browser. It's like, we don't want just a phone anymore. We want a phone... That does everything. I could do my banking on this phone. How crazy is that? Not just banking. I I, I do. I mean, I do anything I want. I, I set know. my DVR when I'm on, in another country. You know, I can go. Oh fuck! I forgot to tape the fights. It does it. Just records it for me. That's incredible. Bananas. That's madness. Uber. Yeah. Uber. Yeah. Uber's yeah. incredible. Amazing. Yeah. How about just sending videos and pictures to people and yeah. shit? How fucking little it is. Have you used Uber? How little that bitch is. I know. It's yeah, so I use amazing. it all the time. Really? It's, it's one great. of my favorite things ever. It's what? great. Which one? Uber. Uber. Oh, yeah. Huh? Our neighbor was just telling us about that. Yeah, we're not on that yet. Duncan oh. called me. Uh, Dude, nerd. have you done this Uber? I'm in a car right now. I'm never driving myself again. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I saw Duncan the other day and he Ubered and he doesn't even do the Uber X. He pulled, he gets like the SUV one that comes up and he just like walked in there like a pimp. And like it was just, it's just cra- crazy. Like in three minutes, you can have like a pretty much a black limo pick you up for nice. cheap. Yeah, I mean, it's, and the the tip is built in. Yep. You know, I tip them extra, but the tip is built into the the thing. You know, it's yeah. nice. It's so easy. You just get in, get out, say thanks, bye. That's great. And, and you got a limo ride. And then don't you review them or something? Like, yeah, 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 that's yeah, their yeah, incentive yeah. to be good yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And it's a nice car. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was really nice. I, I, it was an, we used it in Manhattan a couple of times. Got SUVs. We got. They were nice drivers. Everybody was cool, respectable cool. folks. The last that. Uber I went to, the guy said that he gets a lot of people that that are just ballers. Like, hey, I want to go to Vegas, and so they'll Uber from LA to Vegas. But then he has to drive fucking back, you know, by himself. You wow. know, that's a long but haul. somebody the other day went to Salt Lake City because they didn't have a car and they wanted to go home. So he he said it was like. Two twenty five hundred dollar Uber to super- what? <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. wow! How much is his plane ticket though? If you go in first class, that might be better. Yeah, definitely yeah, better. Right? Yeah, yeah. For I've done late. Vegas before. I've done Vegas in a limo before, but it's uh, God, it's a long drive. It is. Really? It's a long drive. What is it like? Four hours. I've driven hours? it too. So yeah, four hours. It's a long drive to do in one day and then go do something. Yes, it sucks yeah. and it's boring. You just feel spent. Oh. Desert. It's also if you get stuck in traffic there, it's oh, heinous. It's the That's the a road that was designed back when people were driving Model Ts. <laughs> you know, it's stupid right. two yeah. lane shitbag road, <laughs> and it's just going through these desolate areas and broken down, and you see just yes. nothing but brake lights. Yeah, for hours. Yeah, devastating. And the worst, the weirdest thing is like there's that. The first sign of like the casinos that come up, you know what I'm talking about? They're mm-hmm. like the crummier ones. You're like, yeah. who's staying here, dude? Right. 20 minutes this way, there's cooler shit. With a broken roller coaster yeah. out front. <laughs> Why are you staying here? probably a great documentary in that if we wanted to make it. Right? If we Mini all Vegas? wanted to just go to that place. Yeah. That <laughs> one spot. There. And it's like, like super far south. Yeah. Do Let's a show do there. It. Yeah. And bring, you know, It's all like roller coasters and shit, though. Yeah, right? it's yeah. so bizarre. Bad fucking roller coasters. Can you imagine, though? That would actually be, look, you, me, and Diaz doing a show in a casino there in the middle of nowhere. That might actually be fun. So random. Yeah. 
we could bring people in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Nobody there would be ex- would expect what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it would be f- a fun hangout. <laughs> that would be a fun hangout. Just just call it, you know, disaster in the desert or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> Every one of those places has the thing like these slots pay. That's what yeah. it says. For, like, loose. We got the loose slots. Loose yes. slots. Like, we got real loose okay. slots here. Why well, are you going to go in? Stan Hope has been doing a tour of really shitty spots. <laughs> That's and such a good idea. Bill Burr wanted to do that too. He wanted to do one with me and him, go to like the worst places ever. I'm like, oh, boy, I don't know. It sounds like, it sounds novel. Right. But doesn't, I, wouldn't it be better to go to like Houston? <laughs> Direct flights. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't it be better to go to like Chicago? Like, right. hey, you guys got to get out of there. Yeah. I'm not, t- I'm not coming to you. It's only helping you if I come to you. It's not <laughs> I'm only encouraging this bad yeah. behavior. I'm only encouraging you to stay there. Yeah, man. Go. Yeah, no. Move to a cooler yeah. place. There's some places I get psyched to be back, like Chicago. You know? I was talking to somebody about Chicago. Oh, Burr. We were talking about Chicago might be, like, the most underrated place in the country. You know, like, as far as, like, doing stand-up there. Chicago's, Chicago's great. It's one of the greatest places of all time to do stand up. Yeah. I've only done Schaumburg. The Schaumburg. It's really the Schaumburg yeah. improv. It's more of a suburban thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do the theater, the Chicago theater, and it's in you know in the city, and it's different. They're they're on the ball. There's some smart fucking people. Yeah, I actually, I enjoy the Midwest for stand-up. I love Ohio. Yeah, like, yeah love Ohio. It's fantastic. Like for some reason, the Midwest really gets it, and they're down. Yeah, I did one of my best specials there, Talking Monkeys in Space. I did that in Ohio. Oh. I did that in Columbus at the Southern Theater where um, Mae West worked. Oh, get out. Yeah, and oh, that's uh, cool. W.C. Fields and Mae West. Oh, H. That's awesome. Oh, oh. Yeah. That's one of the stars in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, looked yeah. really, really good. Yeah, those those people are like, I always feel like people in like Columbus and people in like Chicago and people in like Milwaukee, they're like smart people, but also they have that Midwest like down-to-earth thing going on yeah mm-hmm. you know, they might be in a city but there's like a lot of people that are like real good people that are like you know there's like the you know when they call that area the heartland like yeah. the salt of the earth there's a lot of morons that live out there don't make no mistake about it all right there's a lot of like a lot of the really farmy places in this country are filled with retards yeah right we know that but they're also filled with a lot of cool fucking people for sure yes. you know and yes. just like everywhere you go you're not going to get 100% gems. Right. You're just not. You're just getting... Just but there's like always a trade-off. There's turds yeah. in there's LA, always. too. Fuck yeah. And yeah. those, the ones that are turds, they throw off your, your perceptions. That's like right. Like, I've had people say, you know, oh, man, I went to LA, man, I went to this party. Everybody was so fucking full of themselves. They're all full of shit, and that place sucks. Okay. I believe you 100%. But that, how, there's 20 million people yeah. here. You can't find one... One party, yeah. one night, one terrible... Yeah. Sp- clunk of humans yeah and yeah. you know you just got mixed up in the wrong tribe son mm-hmm. the other you one been hanging it out is, with us at the that, improv that's yeah. what it is tribes it's yeah. all about finding your tribe in wherever you are yeah and wherever you are yeah people also talk shit about la times they'll be like if i like you from la that place sucks and i'm like yeah, yeah. I hate like that. what'd you do i went out there for like you know whatever three or four days oh, like where'd you me. stay they're like hollywood and highland I'm like, Stupid. did you go anywhere? They're like, no, just right there. I'm like, so you hate fucking Hollywood Boulevard, man? Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking we do about? Too. I yeah. grew up here. Like, I fucking not, hate that part. It's not indicative of the entire city. Yeah, I've been here since '94, and I don't go there. No, <laughs> yeah. it's for come tourists. on, it's horrible. It's a bad place. It's I like know. saying I was. One of my friends told me he hated New York, and he, uh, he, <laughs> he was like, it's the worst fucking city I've ever been. I'm like, really? Where'd you stay? Like, where'd you go? He's like, I was in Spanish Harlem. And I was like, but like, where'd you go? He's like, no, I just stayed there. Like, I stayed in Spanish Harlem. I was like, that's all you saw? 
And he was like, yeah. I go, well, I mean, that's not, yeah. you can't take in the city just in Spanish Harlem. <laughs> you can't take in that city in a year. No. You know? No. You, what you're going to do is get a sense of like, whoa, there's a lot of motherfuckers here. Oh, yeah, dude. Spend two weeks in New York just going from one place yeah. to another, just trying to check off a list of the interesting places from the museums to the restaurants to going going on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Like, New York is so strange that Broadway works there. Okay. Right. There's a fucking <laughs> really so good true. reason why those <laughs> stupid musicals and plays aren't everywhere. They're so dumb. Yeah, they're so stupid. They're a murderous assault in your yes. attention span. Yes. But New Thank York you. is so big and so awesome Ugh. that it can actually support a whole community of people that pretend to like Who that stuff. Right. Do you think and make pretending? them millionaires. Uh, yeah, maybe they do like uh, it. Maybe uh, I'm just an asshole. Most uh, likely, I'm just an asshole. The yeah. worst is that Andrew Lloyd Webber shit. I mean, <laughs> it's it's so soul crushing. That's so fucking spirit crushing. And it's not even okay. It'll literally be like I'm lifting the bottle. She's lifting the bottle. We're walking down the street. There's yes, no exactly. merit to any of it. I went it's to see painful. Brian Callen had <laughs> a teacher who was a, uh, a, a a theater teacher, and Brian always gets sucked into because he's such a nice guy. He get, always gets sucked into going to these things. They drag him to these things. There, there, there was like I'm I'm doing a performance. I would love it if you oh, came. No, and he's like I gotta I'm go. Big, I gotta I'm go. Big. So this was the guy was gonna sing show tunes. And so Brian calls me up. He goes, listen to me. Listen to me. You must come with me. I'm about to see my theater teacher sing show tunes. It will be most excellent. And by the way, he's going to be very sincere. So we went and watched this guy sing like these sincere shows. Holy shit. And I hope you have a drink when you really want a drink. Like that kind of stuff. That what you're talking about, they're almost like. Like doing dialogue, yes, just but say it. Singing, yeah, they're not yeah. even rhyming. It's no. so it doesn't even make sense. Why are we singing the song? It's you guys terrifying. Don't get it. That's why they're. Singing we must the song. not get it. We're gonna get some angry. And he was really good. I enjoyed it. No, he I did. You pieces. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Can okay, I, I was so high. I was there. You go. I was so that's high. My that. feet were barely touching the ground because all I could think about <laughs> was the amount of atom space that's in an atom. Like, like I said, an atom is almost entirely made out of space. And so I was thinking of like <laughs> while this guy was singing, I was like, why do I even feel the ground? This is all bullshit. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's is, what you were enjoying. There's no oh, real. Yeah. This, this is all space. Why does it feel hard under my feet? And that's what I was thinking about while this guy was going. Was that I here? Hope you have a drink. <laughs> Yeah, it was on Hollywood. It was on Hollywood Boulevard, someplace, I believe. It was a nice place, dude. I think that uh, that Heartland area, though, not just Chicago, that whole area is underrated for stand up. Oh yeah, for awesome performing, yeah. for quite, performing, quite good. You yes. know what's kind of fucked up is that not a lot of stand ups came out of Chicago. Mm. Like if you look at like Houston. Mm-hmm. Some of the all timers, Bill, uh, Bill Hicks, Sam Kennison. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of. Great fucking comics came out of Houston yeah. to, to my two all-time favorites right there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you compare Chicago to Houston, Chicago's way bigger. Like, why doesn't Chicago have a gang of comics? Look at New York. The list of comedians that have come out, are it's endless. It's endless. pointless to even start. Yeah. Look mm-hmm. at L.A., pointless to even start. Look at Boston, smaller than Chicago by a good margin. And the amount of great comics that came out of Boston, staggering. Yeah. Chicago, you got Larry Reeb, you know, your Uncle Lair. Remember mm-hmm. that guy? No. No. He's a funny guy. Yeah. He's a funny guy, Chicago guy. He was on one of those Roddy Dangerfield HBO specials. Oh, those old But a lot of improv specials. guys. Yeah. Sketch improv really guys. That's true. Yeah, they yeah, all do true. sketch and improv. Maybe that's what it is. Second City. They're, they're like Chicago. goofier. They're not analytical and That angry. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, the stand-up is better. They know it. You know it. I know it. <laughs> 
Why wouldn't they do that instead? Um, it's the funniest shit. If you if you want to go see, I mean, if you want to see something really funny, you yeah. go you go see a great stand up. Stand-up. Um, in my opinion. And the other area, I always have a good time going there, but I don't know. I don't know that many. Well, actually, Minneapolis. Swartzen came out of Minneapolis. Yes, which, he's a super fucking funny guy. Yeah, he's hilarious. Um, I don't know that many other people. From um, Minneapolis. Why do I want to say that Mitch Hedberg came out of Minneapolis? He is from Minnesota too. Yes. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Mitch he Hedberg actually is. recorded one of his CDs at Acme, right? Didn't he? I don't know if he recorded one there. I recorded one there, and I'm that doing a special awesome. there. I love Minnesota. Doing a special in Minneapolis. I love Minnesota. Period. I it's like awesome. It. It's, it's awesome up there. Yeah. It's cold as fuck, but I'm going right nice. before it gets. On, I'm going November 9th, which is basically once you get into January, it's February, scary. it's fucking it's terrifying. You can, you can get free tickets uh, to go to that special, by the way. Yes, you can. TomSegura.com. Sweet, Thanks, googly go. moogly. Come to my special. I'll, I can't, but I'll, I'll tell people to go. What yeah. day is it? November 9th. November 9th. Yeah. Yeah, son. Yeah, I love... I mean, I picked it because I actually literally have never had a bad time doing stand-up in Minneapolis. Yeah. It's, it's that good. Yeah, so that's... Uh, I'm in... Um, I'm in Edmonton that night. I oh, you're in a colder place. <laughs> you're in a colder yeah. place. Yeah, I'm yeah. at the River Creek. Edmonton's fun, fun too. You ever go up there? I've never been there. I've done Winnipeg, <laughs> Good times. Calgary, Toronto, Vancouver, I Montreal. I love Toronto. Toronto's, Toronto's God, amazing. That's so fun. Yeah, we did uh, two that's nights it. in Toronto. We did, oh. th- we did the Sony Center, right? That what yes. it was? We did the Sony Center one night, and then the next night we did Second City. Mm. It was fucking incredible. Wonderful. Incredible. And the people couldn't be nicer. Like the people yeah. that you run into there. Oh my God. They're like, a, it's like a weird utopian city. Yeah. yeah. It's it very really strange. Is. They're super nice up there. Canada yeah. is just nicer. It's, it's, I wonder, I've wondered many, many times to try mm-hmm. to figure out what it is. Like, why, why are they nicer? What is um, it? Well, I have a friend from Canada, my friend Shane, and he claims it's because when you have. They kind of have more of a support system. Yeah, like the government does take more of your money. But maybe it's because they take care of your health. They take care of you a bit more. And he's like, we don't really have a need to be as competitive. No guns. Like, I also feel like I want to... Oh, they have plenty of guns. They do they a lot of guns, hunting up yeah. there. But I remember watching the news in Toronto. And um, and it wasn't like... that wasn't a big deal. It was just so matter of fact. Like, there was not a lot of sensationalism added to it the way mm. we do. It wasn't like, be afraid, be afraid, everything's terrifying. It was like, well, today what happened is... You know, blah, 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 blah. You know what? Also, they don't have a guilty conscience as a country. Mm-hmm. They're not out there raping the world. Yeah, maybe they're that's a, it. They're a part of some of the adventures that we go on. Right. But they're, they're like yeah. the dude that lives in the town that gets dragged along. Yeah. They're not like the crazy asshole that organizes the, the hit on the other village. That's right. You know? Yeah. They're just, um, I don't know. I think it is less, has that less, you got to, number one, you got to fucking yeah, we love Prove being that number one. All that whole mantra. If you stopped and thought about all the fucked up shit the United States does in all the different countries, and like how many people must be like upset at the idea of the United States as a whole, not its real citizens like you or I, who really don't have any part in any of this stuff, but somehow or another get lumped in on the same team. And we benefit from our um, empire. Yeah, that's a problem. We Fuck yeah. are on this team, and we benefit from this expansion, from this conquering of other lands. But that's how they keep us. In invested in it sure mm-hmm. and that's when you hear like an ann coulter it's like yeah hey, so we gotta go to fucking <laughs> war for oil yeah. you know b- people get real squirrely when it comes to that stuff and i see their point 
I see their point if, you know, if I looked at the world the way they do, and I think a lot of people look at the world like there's these people in these other parts of the world, and these people are evil, and mm-hmm. these people, uh, you know, they, they hate your freedom, they hate, they hate what you stand for, you, their religion is based on hating you and wanting mm. you dead. I get that. And all that oil, too. <sighs> There's a little bit of that there, too. It's just convenient that those yeah. same dummies are the ones who have the oil. <laughs> yeah. These dangerous hmm. dummies also have the oil, the so we got to go and check it out. Winky dink, huh? <laughs> it's, isn't it funny? And they're always like, it's, it's, they're, I mean, their religion is so unreasonable. You're not even allowed to draw their guy. If you right. draw their guy, they'll fucking kill you. I wouldn't even right. say that you're not allowed to draw the guy. <laughs> that might right, get you killed, too. So it's like it's all set up. So that it's perfectly reasonable for us to go over there and fuck them up. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's man. almost like, like if you were wanted to play some long-term geopolitical chess. Long-term geopolitical chess means you got to ensure that you're going to have some enemies to defeat in the future. You can't keep, like, you can't destroy mm. people and then build up a new empire from scratch. You got to keep some en- en- enemies active. You got to keep them healthy. Because if you don't have any conflict, you don't, you're not in business anymore. Right. That's a so good point. you empower these countries. So it's like when the United States, and this sounds like total hippie, Infowars nonsense, but it's a fact. It's been going on forever. The United States armed Iraq. You know, it was a Bill Hicks joke. We know they're heavily armed. How do we know? <laughs> yeah. We check the receipt. <laughs> yeah. right, you know? right. I mean, they. What's this one, dude? Yeah, they armed Iraq. Yeah. They armed Iran. They they've armed the the whole. Remember the thing with President um, Reagan, where he got in trouble because he sold arms to Iran, mm-hmm. and then he was he had to testify, and he mm-hmm. said he couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they have been doing it this way. We provide a lot of arms to a lot of countries. They're chess masters. These are war masters. And war masters play chess. And chess is a long-term game. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to... If you want to keep a fight going and you want to keep getting money and keep extracting money from the society that supports this... You don't ever like crush your enemies. No, that's why they pulled out of Iraq in the first place. The first Desert Storm when we first went in there. Yeah, when we first went in there, they decided not to take over Iraq. They just they got in, they crushed the enemy like with almost no resistance. The only casualties were because of a Scud missile hit barracks and killed like eighty people. But that was the only people that died. Like other than that, it was like a few people died. A few a lot of people got sick after the fact. When they found out that they were using depleted uranium and people got like some serious mm. radiation sicknesses and things. But when they got to Baghdad, they decided not to take it over. Wow. Like, yeah, we'll just get out of here and leave it. So they left Saddam Hussein to run the country after they crushed him. Yeah. And he basically ran it the same way he always ran it. With his crazy sons. They fed people to dogs. <laughs> they were, you know. <laughs> they were right. savages. Unbelievable right. savages. So yeah. And But we, I believe that in the long-term chess game, it's important to have a boogeyman. Because if yeah. we wanted to go in and take Iraq, like, we can't really justify going to war Unless something happens. Mm-hmm. And the only way something happens is if other people have some kind of power. You know, so they always are going to back off a little. They're always going to let there be just enough enemies out there. And now that it's not even like country based, it's like terrorism. Like back in the J- Nazi days, in the World War II days, they fucked up. They had to call them Nazis. They mm-hmm. called them Nazis. We beat the Nazis. Now what? Uh, those fucking Russians. I don't like the way they're looking at us. You know, yeah, yeah. it's they ran out of enemies. But with terrorism, you never run out of enemies. It's really brilliant. And you need that on. for the sale to yeah. know to do the sale to the public to be like, you know what, we got to do this because 
here's the terrorists. And, and they're everywhere. You go, oh, yeah, and we yeah, got to do course. something now. And they come with a bunch of different names. They're confusing as fuck. They're Al-Qaeda. Yep. They're the Taliban. And they don't wear a uniform. Which is the difference? Right. Is, it Al- is Al-Qaeda <laughs> part of the Taliban? Yeah. They start out with the Taliban and break off into a much more oh. rebellious faction. And I'll tell you, you, don't, you have no idea how many bases we do have in the Middle East. I mean, when I, I did so Over many, 100. Uh, in so the, many. In, in, in di- oh, well, we're uh, Rather, a hundred, more than 100 different countries. We're we in Kuwait. In. We're still in Kuwait. Uh, we're in Saudi Arabia, and the government, I don't know if I should say this, but like the government <laughs> gave, me a, they gave me a duplicate passport. I had two passports, one of which I had to surrender after I went in and out of Saudi. It was like a decoy passport to go Whoa. into Saudi Arabia to perform and then come immediately What back does that out. mean? Is it, was it illegal what you were doing? I don't know. Are you a criminal? I, <laughs> but you a criminal on my they, show? Because I pay taxes. Uh, no. I'm, but, uh, I'm trying to drive an American car and I pay taxes, <laughs> goddammit. But it was a trip. I mean, we're not supposed to be there, right? I don't know. What is that supposed to, though? No one's supposed to be anywhere. No. You know? right. There's no one supposed to be controlling the fucking oil, either. We're everywhere. There's right. no, no one is supposed to be anywhere. The, the whole idea is ridiculous. And I think it's going to break down. You just can't see it keep going. I think it's just like everything else. It's been slowly but surely dissolving around us. Yeah. I think, I think you know, as technology increases, as our access to each other increases... There's gonna be it's gonna be way easier to decipher what other people are saying. You know the whole idea about the Tower of Babel, keep man forever divided by making their, uh, a, a gang of different languages mm-hmm. so they can never completely communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. That's all slowly being broken down, and that's one of the biggest impediments to peace. It's one of the biggest impediments to cultural understanding. Like, I love watching shows about other countries about how they eat and what they do. Like, I love Anthony Bourdain's show, especially. Oh, yeah. me too. I could watch anything that guy does. Yeah, he's an awesome him. dude too. Um, and he uh, he goes over to he goes over to Egypt. And they eat camels, mm. and he was there when they slaughtered it. They killed the camel in front of him and gutted it and slaughtered it, and you know, and they they all cook it and they eat it with their hands. They all you know, it's mm-hmm. like it's really kind of crazy. Like when you watch, like you never shake hands with your left hand, right? Because they don't yeah. use toilet paper; they wash their assholes with yes. their left hand, yeah. and they eat with their right hand. Yes. So they shake hands with their right hand. They, you keep your fucking right hand clean, bitch, because mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna shake my hand, and I'm gonna. You better not be wiping your ass with your right hand. <sighs> they talk it's really to important. Them. Yeah, they have like it makes sense though if you yeah. think well, about it. They got I, it down to a science. Yeah, because I asked this guy once. I was like, "Did you do you really use your hand?" And he's like, "It's much cleaner." I mean, you think about it, he's like, you Americans, you take toilet paper and then you mash the shit against your yeah. ass. Like, you mash it against you. It's so disgusting. Stupid. He's like, me, I took my hand, I use my hand, and then I wash my hand. I'm like, do you use soap? He's like, what's soap? <laughs> what's soap? But the point of the Soap is, is what makes you smell not like you. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't you see them shitting off of the... Um... Yeah, so, yeah, I was on an oil platform yeah. in between Iran and Iraq, in the middle of nowhere in the ocean, yeah? And it's a mile-long platform, half American Marines, half Iraqi soldiers, and we're teaching the Iraqis how to guard their oil. That's the theory. And anyways, the, uh, the Iraqi barracks, I got to tour them. Not so nice. Like, those dudes were shitting off the side of the platform, and then the fish that were eating the shit, they would fish those fish and then eat the fish. Oh. Yeah, yeah a lot of filth. Uh, what about Buffuck Thursday? Oh, that's, I don't know if that's just negative yeah. propaganda. Oh, okay. Man love Thursday. That's what the Americans say that Sam Tripoli claims sex. it's 100% fact. Yeah. yeah. According Has to Sam Tripoli. That? He said he knows Has he things. Has done it? He's yeah. been there. Fight crime, bro. Been down there. <laughs> 
Crime fighter, bro. Crime fighter, bro. <laughs> bro. Fucking gigging. I'm shady. Gigging. Fucking gigging. <laughs> gigging. Yeah, they're I'm nasty, shady. though. Their mattresses were all brown and grody. And so they, they live like floor. savages. Yeah. yeah. Wow. They don't give a shit like we do about do, Is it because stuff. they don't give a shit or they don't have the money? Um, well, we were we were training them and providing them with supplies. So at the time, they did have access to these things. Like we gave them a bunch of water bottles, and we're like, "Dude, just put this," you know. And it was all over. They would throw the water bottles just all over the floor, <laughs> as opposed to like putting them in the refrigerator that the Americans had provided. So, well, they were probably like really disenchanted. You know, I mean, yes. their country got conquered. Everyone they know got killed. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. And you're like, why are you telling me how to do Can my you, thing? Do you yeah. ever think about how we would react to just uh, one, like, example of what we do to another country? Oh, my gosh. Like, we could see it. We could see it in the South and the North. Have oh. you ever yeah. gone to the South and people call you a Yankee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had people call me Yankees before. You know? Yankee. You're just a fucking what? Yankee. Yeah. Okay. I'm, Yan- I'm worse than a Yankee, dude. I'm a foreigner. My, yeah. my, my family came from other countries. Yeah, you know, oh. I wasn't here when your bullshit was going on with those people. Wait yeah. until they see Pajitsky on oh, the Jesus. marquee. They, oh, my God. Well, you some kind of new Jew. <laughs> yeah, totally. A new kind of Jew. But I remember this. When I was on that oil platform, they had this thing where it was like Operation Win Hearts and Minds. And... Uh, <laughs> This Jesus. is the this is the craziest Norman thing ever. Rockwell just fucked the army yeah, in its mouth. Yeah, yeah. So what they <laughs> would do? Arts and oh, you die! So once a week they had ice cream socials with the Iraqis, and they would fucking find a way to get tubs of Rocky Road ice cream airlifted onto this oil platform, and then we would I would be having ice cream with the Iraqis so that they would see how amazing our American Rocky Road isn't. Everything amazing in America? <laughs> like, don't you want this? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, this is pretty good fucking ice It's going to take yeah. back my grandmother getting her head blown <laughs> off in front of me. Right, right. I'm defecting. This is amazing. It's got chocolate chunks in it. You don't like that? <laughs> wow. Does it make you forget about wow. your family? I lost almost everyone right. in my family, but I think it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Because right. this is cold. It's like a swirl. It's right. kind of delicious. Mm. That is so hilarious. You remember your nephew now, right? Yeah. Like an ice cream you don't need man. your kids. You've got Rocky Road. That's yeah. so hilarious. Yeah. So, mm. What a weird stuff. fucking thing that is. What a weird fucking thing it is to just go into another country and kill everybody and yeah. then give them stuff. And then we need to we need to set up permanently here, guys. <laughs> After we've killed everybody, we're going to be right. here a while. And we don't, like, okay. you know, we don't think you can do this on your own, even though you did this on your own right. since like the nine hundreds. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And they have, to, they have to go. Okay, you're you're right. We won't get upset. Well, that's the second time that someone has done that to Baghdad. It's uh, I've been uh, listening to for uh, the past uh, couple of years. Uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Yeah, I guess about a year, a year and a half. Um, and he has this amazing series about the Mongols. It's called uh, Yeah, the Mongol Invasions. What Love are you those. like? Well, like, Hungarians are. Are you guys one of the Mongols? Mongols, yes. Really, mm-hmm. the Mongols fucked all you. That's why. The Huns, yes. Yeah, yeah they came in, and fucked everybody. Yes. Yeah. But he has this whole piece about them taking over Baghdad. Mm. And you kind of understand why the Middle East is so fucked up once you hear it. They killed everybody. They threw all of their writing into the river. They said the river ran black with ink and red with blood. Killed everybody. Like, literally killed everybody. Like, they killed a million people. Mm. Like, they, they would kill people. Then they would come back two weeks later to see if anybody was cleaning up the bodies. And they'd kill them. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. They didn't fuck around. That's effective. And they they say that Baghdad never really recovered. And like the, essentially in the 1200s, 12 whatever it was when Genghis Khan did all that crazy shit, from then until now, they've never recovered. But back then, they were the pinnacle of civilization. Like yeah. they they were like scholars and scientists and and they they were excellent keepers of records. All that went in the river. Bitch. 
just cut Isn't everybody's that head off. Interesting, and that's it. Once your intellectual history is gone, you're yeah, done for. It's done. You start well, from scratch, and everyone's dead. Now, by the yeah, way, this might dead. be a, a hippy dippy, dopey thought, a pot thought, but I fear that our culture is going that way because of the disappearance of the bookstore, because of the disappearance of book learning, book reading, uh, because of like the nooks and oh, just download that. You understand? Like, there's a process when you go into a bookstore. And you go, oh, I'm interested in this topic. And you point your finger and you go, well, what's that? Like, what's that? I feel like that mm-hmm. experience is gone. Yeah. I feel like we're totally regressing into idiocracy and it is going that direction. Well, we are, have always gone to the path of least resistance. Every person does. You know, you have to fight to not do that. Right. And the path of least resistance is you just watch TV. You just yeah. sit on the couch. You can just, you know, yeah. go uh, order some takeout. Let's just get a pizza delivered. Let's just, yeah. you know, the path of least resistance is not going to the bookstore, getting a book, sitting home, right. reading it, absorbing it. Right. It's no, it's, it's sitting it in front someone. of a television. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, it's just, we have so much, like going to the supermarket to get your food. That's another thing that's probably not good. It's probably yeah. better if everybody grew their own food. If we had uh, like community gardens to. and yeah. everybody grew their own food. And, you know, and even if you don't eat meat, all you really need is some chickens. You know, if you have a bunch of hens, they don't, they lay eggs. You don't have yeah. to, you're not killing a chicken. Right. Like those eggs will never become a chicken unless a rooster's in the house. Right. So if the rooster's banging them, then those chickens have the potential right. to, to have a baby. But otherwise, they're just laying eggs that are free food. Right. You feed them, you give them your table scraps, like vegetables and stuff. They eat it. They love it. You let them run around your yard and pick up your grass. That's like a smart way to live. The way we do it, it. we're not connected to our fucking food. I think that, just like being not connected to information, not reading books anymore, not exploring and learning ideas, that was bad for you. But I think on the other hand, there's never been more information available to everybody on your phone, on a computer. But I agree with you. But it's an abridged, weird version. There's something different about reading. um, Let's say you want to know what Nietzsche said. There's right. a huge difference between picking up Beyond Good and Evil and reading that bitch cover to cover and being like, wow, there's this and that idea and making connections mm. than going to Wikipedia and being like, Frederick Nietzsche, what did that guy say? <laughs> God is dead. Got it. On to right. the next thing. And you quote it on a message board right. to seem like yeah. a genius. Just, of course. <laughs> right. There's a huge Do you even know difference. who said that, bro? That's yeah. what you throw in. <laughs> that's how you, you know, you, someone says something and you Google the debunked and then you right. pick out a quote from that. And, oh, look. See, this goes back to why our relationship works. Is because I, I don't let her smartness upset me. <laughs> <laughs> right, Tommy. It's Smart. true. I don't know. No, I, I'm I'm serious. I think what, what what makes it work is that you know you like your book and then you're reading, and I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll actually go. You know what? I should read a book. I use it as inspiration. You read. You're a reader, though. Yeah, but I I download my books onto my iPad. I and, do too now, though. I'm not saying that that's an no, no. Evil. But I'm saying it is an extension of what we were talking about. Like you know, you have good habits. That I, you know, copy. I go, I should read a book because you're I, reading so many and books. And then, do you know what I learned from you? That you should watch a football that game. That I should like football. No. I learned how to um, deal with, like, white dudes because I kind of... <laughs> no, like, Tommy's really good at dealing with, like, white dude America, like, business things. And I learned from him. Like, I watch him, how he does all White that. dudes. Yeah, like, the man. You know what I'm saying? Like, the business man. and stuff. Because I'm not good at that. Like, I'm... You're supposed to get some Jew to do that for you. I totally have them. Thank you. Yes. I have a, I have a smart team Jew. of Jews. 
they seem to have a good grip on how to run yeah. the so show do. business industry. What's, what's that about? I think that people, uh, I think, first of all, I think a lot of Jews are smart. If you look at the amount Super of... smart. Yeah, if you look at the amount of uh, uh, Nobel Prize winners and uh, in science and like there's, uh, and, and PhDs, a shitload of them mm-hmm. are Jewish from uh, from uh, from uh, Europe, European Jews. Yes, it's amazing how many of them. It's yes. amazing. So it's like it's, it's a staggering number, you know. And I think mm. it's just an excellent gene pool as far as intellectual. Is that why they're so it's uh, also, persecuted? It's a good culture to be born into. It's culturally, like you know, it's a supportive atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It's it's the it's the atmosphere a lot of times of like. Helping, bringing people along, Family. inspiring. Right, yes. but there's Success. a seclusionary thing that they have going on a bit right. where they kind of exclude everybody else right. out mm-hmm. of their community because, you know, and just uh, if you looked at it, I mean, I hate to be a Jew lover here, but if you looked at it <laughs> in terms of just accomplishments <laughs> uh-huh. and just it makes sense that they would want to keep everybody, keep, out. Keep everybody out. If you yeah. looked at the amount of shit that they've pulled off, right. like intellectually, oh like the God, amount of things dude. that the Jewish people have done, I mean, it's, it's really kind of staggering, especially compared to my moron people. Mm-hmm. We, my moron people have what like you, Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, oh, right. and everybody else is retarded. Yeah. <laughs> 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 a few mafia. dudes who make cars and yeah. a bunch of assholes who, uh, who look like me, look like ch- chimp people. <laughs> you know, they're, they're a bunch of chimp people. Because suits, man, you got some good tailors. Yeah, and my people are the the southern people. My people are uh, not the smart ones who look like Europeans. My people are the ape-like characters who (laughs) look like they carried bricks up hills. (laughs) So when I say that these Jews are so much smarter than a a lot of other um, nationalities, it's just a fact. I mean, Mm -hmm. it really is. is, If you look at accomplishments, let's not say they're smarter, but they're exemplary. For sure, and so if they were that exemplary and that that accomplished as a as a race, it makes sense they'd be exclusionary. Yeah, they want to yes. keep all my dumb genes from fucking yes. their daughter, <laughs> shooting her up with some ah. live crazy load that's going to create some <laughs> half smart, half yeah. fucking ape kid. <laughs> gonna run around and ruin things at the right. Jewish school and be like, bro, right. I'm not wearing a fucking yarmulke. All right, that shit's stupid. My dad says it's dumb as fuck. <laughs> and oh, like, you got a beanie? Got... God oh, wants you to wear a beanie, great. dude. Seriously, we got this genius that yeah. just joined our tribe, guys. God Welcome. made flowers. God made beehives, and he wants you to wear a beanie. Shut the fuck up. It also keeps if you're that exclusionary, you get to keep like uh, you know outside competition from your businesses. Yes. You know, that's yes. Also Can I tell thing. you Nepotism. what that also, that is also an immigrant practice. My yes. father's Hungarian and he primarily deals with other Hungarians. Or Eastern European. Or people. Eastern European, yeah. not other ra- tribes. <laughs> other right. tribes. Sure. He's very explicit, but that's a common immigrant thing to do as well. The Asians deal with the Asians, yeah. et, cetera, et cetera, And somehow or another, they've made blowjobs less of a taboo. <laughs> mm. the, Jews, uh, the Jewish girls that right? always enjoyed the blowjobs much more than the American girls. That's Felt so like they were true. doing you a massive favor. You're right. I think that stops once you marry him, though. Yes, that's right. what I've heard. That's yes. the yeah. Yes. That's a wrap. That's the fucking yes. bait and switch right there. Yeah, Replaced by nagging. They but they like it. Uh, like when Is I was in right? high school, I mean, that was the word. The word was that Jewish girls give head. <laughs> and they like it. Let's do a poll. They're always freakier uh, in the sack. I I think. But I'm uh, German. Yeah. So. I'm sorry. The Maybe. Jewesses. Jewesses. I but believe. you know. But they also have that reputation of being naggy, and they have the reputation yes. of not you know. 
not being uh, sexual. Prejudice against Italians. I also hey. heard that I'm, I'm definitely prejudiced against Italians. Yeah, are you? I don't fuck my people. Please, you don't have your. You won't, I, I won't haven't do fucked Hungarian my people either. since the early '80s. Really? I learned a, a long, a long time ago to keep away from my people. Jewish girls. Interesting. Savages, chimp people. They're chimp people. I've only had one girl swing at me ever. She was Italian, full blown. This bitch took a wind up. Was she like a like a fucking Jersey Shore kind of bitch? Long Island, Long Island. Ooh. Bitch was crazy. Oh, yeah. She's ready to go to war. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't hit her back. I just yeah. grabbed a hold of her. I'm like, we don't have to do this. <laughs> It's not. Let's not yeah, turn really, this into a slugfest. You can't hit back, right? <laughs> no. Oh, you can't oh do my that. God. You can't get in a slugfest with a chick. No. I mean, girls can with other girls, but. Um, well, you know, but but my point is, I've never had a white girl swing at me. No. Other than Italians. Yeah. <laughs> Remember drunk Katie? Remember her? I was talking. Yeah, to her. Was, Katie's awesome. Yeah, I love Katie. I was talking She's to her so funny yesterday, and she was. Uh, Reminded me of that time where Dave, somebody in the audience, uh, Davey was on on uh, stage. Davey, the guy that has, you know, the he walks funny. He was cerebral fun. palsy. Yeah, yeah. So, he walks funny. So, <laughs> so, so he uh, somebody yelled out like, "You're not funny, retard!" To him, Jesus. Wow. And oh Katie God. was waiting. Uh, she was a waitress there at the time, and she came up and goes, "Did you just say he was retarded?" He goes, "Yeah," and she just punched him Good. and knocked him out. She knocked him out. <laughs> yeah. Katie was well. That's you got to awesome. throw that all through the red band filter. Well, then she well, okay. knocked him That's, out. Okay. That's Did she, she heard him? Oh, she said. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. She's from Boston. She's like a boss. She will shit. punch somebody, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> She's hilarious. Mm-hmm. We had some of the funniest times at that store talking to like her and Eleanor. Eleanor who's I now finally her. doing comedy. Yeah. Eleanor Kerrigan is like fucking hilarious, yeah, and she's, she's always been hilarious. Yeah. Like, when she finally started doing comedy, I was like, wow, why didn't you do this a long time ago? You know, yeah. you were always hilarious. And uh, <laughs> she's a hack detective, you know? <laughs> like, I would I would say, like, uh, everybody says this guy's funny. Is he funny? And she would go, if you like old stupid premises redone. <laughs> and then she would, like, walk off. Like she, <laughs> she, she knew. She knew it was bullshit and what wasn't. She knew about dance moves. Yeah. <laughs> doing dance moves. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy's word for like when a joke's not really that funny, you're trying to jazz it up, <laughs> yep. give it some dance moves. I would call it English, putting English on the cue balls, make it spin around for no reason. Like when you have to oh, really yeah. work it. Oh, I know. Yeah. Believe me, in the South, you have to do that a little bit. Do you think so? <laughs> yeah, I shuck and drive a lot harder. <laughs> <laughs> I slow it down too. I slow it down. Well, I, I've always said this. I think it's way harder for a woman to do stand up. Yeah. I think it's harder to get the attention on stage from men, men to give you the ball, mm-hmm. you know, because guys will, hey, I'm funnier than this bitch. Let me talk. <laughs> Uh, yeah. it's, it's, you, can't, Definitely. you can't have opinions on things. You certainly can't have opinions oh, on like no. religion or no. politics or anything controversial where you or I could pull off, you yeah. know, like I don't agree with this guy, but shh. But if a woman, like if a woman's on stage telling Jesus jokes. Yeah, it's you know, very volatile. Fuck yeah, it's volatile. Very, but that's yeah. why it's so important, and I think that that's why it's a good thing to do it. Well, it's uh, important when they're funny like you. Oh, That's you. when it's important. Because when they're not funny, they should just quit because they're ruining the rest of the whole thing. Yeah. No, can't nope. say that because th- a lot of people start off not funny and then and they, they get figure funny. out how to yeah. get funny. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, man. Every, but every, don't you think every guy or every girl faces their own uh, biases socially? Before When you go up on stage, the audience doesn't know who you are. If you're a black guy, the assumption is, this guy's got to be the funniest guy on the planet. So you have Maybe that to bar. you, whitey. <laughs> People do, I think, Racist. generalize uh, black 
dudes on stage, though. I think they give them more more props a lot of times. Yeah, I, I agree. To, with to that. black people, they don't know. Well, I think a lot of black yeah. people throughout history have been fantastic performers. Yeah, yes. for sure. If you look at the number of people, like all time, you know, like, number of black people and number of great black entertainers, especially in stand up, mm. it's so Phenomenal. disproportionate. Yeah. Because if you think of like the greatest comics of all time, you know, if you had to like do a hundred of down, them, yeah. It's going to be more than 10 that are black, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, there's 10% of the population's black. If yeah. you took the 100 greatest comedians, probably like 50 of them would be black. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, they're disproportionately <laughs> funnier. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock, Richard Pryor, Bill Cosby. You know, those are in the top five all-time greats. And there's Chappelle. four of them. They're black. Dave Chappelle, mm -hmm. five black guys right there. Yep. Bang, 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 and bang, bang. And the Jews, very funny. Jews are funny. Yeah. Jews are funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah the Jews are I watched some, uh, dude. See if you can pull this because it's kind of interesting. Pull this up. Rare footage of Woody Allen doing stand up. Oh, Woody yeah. Allen doing stand up from 1965. My glasses. He was funny. He, he was, was young and he was. And he smart. was you could tell he's perverted. I'll mm -hmm. tell you that right now. That dude's you know a freak. He's, he's a freak. always he obsessed with young pussy. That's yes. always his theme in every movie, almost. If you watch them, it's redemption through young pussy. Yeah. I'm aging. That works. I'm never she and it totally you don't understand works. That, you don't understand that <laughs> is that's that real. Right? real. Of course it's real. Oh, is that why my well, dad Why do you think old it? guys get young pussy? And they, they bang them and they're like, dad. yes! Yeah, redeeming. Of course. Look at this. Watch this. I know. How old is it? Does it say how old he is there, Brian? 65. Does it say how old he is? 65. Oh, I was short. He's doing philosophy jokes and shit, this guy. The Metropolitan Museum of Art, which is this fabulous museum of art. And when I was younger, I used to hang out a lot at the museum in search of a meaningful social relationship. I used to look for girls at the museum. And I saw on the wall once a nude by Rubens, but a real Succulent nude. Uh, Succulent. A naked huntress. You gotta look at this too. He's so like animated. Yeah. Yeah. Like very emotionally involved with the painting, you know. Two gods had to restrain me. <laughs> Tried to lick some of the oil off the canvas. <laughs> so I was thinking to myself, at that time, where is it that I could meet the kind of girl that would pose for that type picture? And in my neighborhood, there's an art supply shop that deals in offbeat things. And I run down there, and I get the name of an artist model off the wall. And I call her up. And I came on very strong like an artist. You know, I used a lot of very artistic terms, like brush, I said, and easel. I was just adorable. And we agreed on a price, you know, and hung up. And I got all dressed up in my smock and beret, you know, and little... Harvey's Bristol cream on the hair. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm too much when I want to be. And I waited there. <laughs> now or later, there's a knock on my door. And standing there is this fabulous woman, but really sensational. Now let her in quickly, you know. And I lock the door with my police lock immediately. <laughs> and I He's said such to a her, creep. take off mm -hmm. your clothes right away. Because I don't know much about art, but I know what I like. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> Look at his face. She took off everything, very professional, and posed. And I began to shake. You know, that's my thing. I shake uh, all the time. I'm, I'm not good in those kind of situations. You know, I'm perspiring audibly. You know, she's standing there in front of me, majestic. I took my piece of paper and my charcoal pencil, 
and I went up to her, and I got into a little trouble with her, because I tried to trace her. <laughs> Living as I do okay. in a rich right. neighborhood. It's, he's, it's, it's fascinating you can to see, see. You can see his kinkiness. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. By the way, do you know how racy that was in 1965 right. on television? Wow, yeah. I think it was on television. I mean, it's being filmed, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, that, that's, what, does it say where it was from? Does it say like a show or anything? It was weird. It was in front of a staircase. It was a shitty set. They didn't <laughs> yeah. know about sets back then. <laughs> no. right. TV was only 10 years old. It doesn't say. It doesn't say. Um, but you could, when you stop and knowing what you know now, and you yes. watch that video, isn't that something? What a nightmare that must have been for everybody involved. Oh my god! Oh my god, dude! Craziness, huh? You're, you're, you and your wife get divorced, and you're now banging his daughter, her daughter that used to be your daughter, and now They're, it's your wife. You're adopted, adopted. Your adopted daughter. Your adopted daughter. It's not yeah. okay. It's not healthy. That's weird. Who yeah. trusts you as a parental figure? But it's so weird. I mean, has it ever been done by a public figure like that before? Uh, Roman Polanski was banging. No, 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 nothing like that. But not his daughter. But nothing like that. Yeah, like he, that. he raped a girl. I mean, yeah. Roman Polanski Wait a minute. did a really Jerry horrible Lee thing. Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis Didn't banged his... did he marry his cousin? cousin? Yeah. That's different, too, though. It's different, too, This is, you're the parental figure. Yeah, the parental figure is a way more disturbing yeah. prospect. Yeah, man. That's the, mo the most disturbing. Yeah, sure. That's the one that makes you just un unforgivably disturbing. But the, the heart can't help what the heart wants. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, that's what <laughs> people will say. so gross. Well, and the wife, man, she seems like she's off the rails. Is this Mia, Mia Farrow? Yeah. She seems now, off the rails. She was banging Sinatra yep. when she was like fifteen. Well, her well. son is not her son is not Woody Allen's son. Her son is Sinatra's son. Wow. Well, that's like an, like yeah. not confirmed though, right? Isn't it? Oh, it's totally confirmed. It Look is? at him. Yeah, we'll pull up the picture. Mia Farrow's son is Sinatra's son. Wait till you see him. You all you have to do is look at him, and you go, "That is Sinatra." Now, how did she get hooked up with Sinatra? Do he know? was slinging dick. Okay. <laughs> hey! Oh, yeah. he's out there with the boys, <laughs> Dino, <laughs> Sammy D. How much did he crush back in the day? Oh, Frank. Sinatra. He would have crushed me. Fucking, I would have. Whoa, easy over That's here. Fine. Not I'd be like, easy. it's the commissioner. Fucking do him. You guys have a list. Chairman of the board. Bang. Sinatra. Dead guys. Yeah. Dead guy. Frank Everyone Sinatra. dead. Puerto Ricans, everyone dead. Ricans. Look at him. Just shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah, that's he's not... so handsome. Look at him. Yeah. That is Frank Sinatra's kid. Totes. Period. There's no Woody Allen in there. Look at that sexy bastard. He's gorgeous. Yeah. How they've blocked the director out of their lives. She, I wonder why. Handsome. Hmm. Seems like you just want to leave him around with your kids. Especially Jesus. once your kids became like 16, 17. An Asian. Flowery. <laughs> mm. I just want to touch you with my tongue. <laughs> so I wanted to lick the oils off of the painting. Yeah, he's like in that video of him doing stand-up, he's like so relishing in his oh. perversion. Yeah. Yes. And he so, also seems like really satisfied with himself. Very. It's, it's weird. Do you know he started so Look at that. young? Get the fuck out of here. Oh, he's so <laughs> cute. That kid is Mia Farrow and Frank Sinatra. Yes. I mean, yes. that is there is no Woody yeah. Allen in that motherfucker at all. No. <laughs> Woody Allen right? started his career. Woody Allen started doing comedy, like writing as a comedy writer. He dropped out of college at like the age of twenty. He studied philosophy, yeah. and then he became a comedy writer. Like dudes like him have just been grandfathered into showbiz. Like I was watching a documentary on Johnny Carson. Like, do you realize that Carson's been on television since television was invented? Like wow. in the Midwest, there was one TV station. Carson was on that from the time he was like 18 years old. Right. Wow. And then he's like, one day I got a call from NBC, and they were like, "Do you want a TV show? What's TV? Okay." And 
he's been on it since the very beginning. Yeah. I was on it rather. Yeah. He's dead now, obviously. But he was a real antisocial piece of shit at home. Like, he totally ignored his <laughs> wife and kids. Like, he would come home and just sleep on the couch and be like, fuck off. Did you hear? <laughs> but he was so friendly out in the real world. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. out like in, yes. in, in front of the camera. Do you yes. think that maybe he just was overwhelmed by all the people that taught? He was constantly seeing giant crowds of people and everybody, where, wherever he went, he was, like, getting interviewed and people were coming up to him and... That and I know that he had a very disapproving mother that his mother was like, well, he got the Tonight Show or something and his mom was like, eh, big deal. Like, you still suck. You're still not funny. So I think there was some of that always wanting mom's approval, oh. that that hamster wheel. But that's like, even less reasonable then because when I see people like that, they know what it's like to have shitty parents. Right. And they don't pay attention to their own kids. Like, to do, for you to perpetrate the same stupid shit that you went through because you're too dumb to figure out what fucked you up. But isn't, isn't that what we talked about work. at the beginning of this show? How if you're not cognizant of what decisions you're making, if you don't if you don't know how to think, then your yeah. whole life is in shambles around you. Did you yeah. hear about the Johnny Carson's book that uh, just came out? And it talks about him uh, and his ex-wife, who uh, I guess he was married to this woman that cheated on him with uh, Frank yes. Gifford, uh, Kathy. Uh, what's her face? His yeah, name's Kathy Lee Gifford's husband. Yeah, Frank. Uh, yeah. And what are we TMZ now? What the fuck? <laughs> Well, like Johnny Carson, like broke into uh, his house or her house and found all these photos of his wife and him together, Whoa. and had a gun in his pocket, and he like. This is all allegedly though, right? This none of this was like. No, this is all. This all confirmed. really. Happened. This is all really true. But it's, how do you know? Because it, it, like his friends are were there, and they're like Ed, Ed McMahon hmm. and stuff like that, and so Ed McMahon and him all went to a bar later that night, and just got wasted. And then uh, I guess Johnny Carson took a girl home that night from the bar. Johnny Carson, but yeah, Johnny Carson. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's that sounds like a lot of gossipy nonsense. May or may or not have happened type shit. But the guy obviously lived in a different era. You know, being famous before him, being that famous on TV, didn't exist. And that sort of intimacy. What I was going to point out. You're right. You're right. Is that that intimacy of being in front of the camera every night like that for decades? It's incredibly unusual. Yeah, and so like. Everywhere he went, I guarantee you, people just wanted to be around him and thought that he was a part of their family. Like, sure. They yes. wanted to talk to him and grab him. And he was probably like, leave me the fuck alone. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus Christ. And so that's probably when he went home. He probably had nothing left for his wife and kids. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. then he might have married a cunt and his kids might have been shitheads. I mean, I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> Guy lost <laughs> a lot of knows? money. Yeah. Yeah. Guy lost a lot. Don't put that up, Brian. He had a few wives. Guy lost, lost a lot of fucking money. Yes. Big time. His, Divorces uh, will get you, right? Nine figures, I think. His yeah. d- divorce was one of the things that Eddie Murphy talked about on stage in Raw. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His divorce was so <laughs> bad that Eddie Murphy talked about it on stage. It's bananas. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Half. He took some hits, you know, and who knows? Who knows if he, what kind of a woman he married? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? She might have been a sweetheart. I don't know. I, who knows? I, his married. sons were like, yeah, we only went on vacation once, and <laughs> dad ignored us, and you're like, oh, my God. That sucks. And, and here you think, oh, you must be so great. Johnny Carson's your dad. And, you know, you just think, I don't know. I, I, one of the I weirdest idealize things, those things, you know? One of the weirdest things must be, like, be the son of a movie star. Yeah, right. Especially back in those days. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I saw something about Steve McQueen. They were honoring Steve McQueen. They had Steve oh, McQueen's yeah. son. And Steve McQueen's sons wearing sunglasses. They're interviewing him and he's wearing sunglasses and he's inside, mm-hmm. which is always like, what are you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, unless you have a medical condition. 
Why do you have sunglasses on? This is just weird, you know? It's like, no matter how big a star you are, too. Yeah. You still go like, Unless you're black. Yeah. Black guys can pull it off. They can. They just yeah. can. I don't know why. Purple and they orange, too. They can pull too. off yeah. everything, yeah. yeah. Well, they can definitely pull off wearing sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. Strong. And those uh, why? suit what? colors. Why can they do it? I don't know. I'm just saying, they're always just saying they're so strong. They're so physically imposing. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like well, Tommy, Harvey. that's actually quite racist to say that. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Even though, no, it's true. I support yeah. it 100. percent I back my thought on that. <laughs> like it's also racist to imply they have big dicks. It's also racist to imply that they mm. like chicken and watermelon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of fucked up because both chicken and watermelon are delicious, and mm-hmm. having a big yeah. dick is a good thing. Awesome. And Absolutely. so is being really good at sports and physically strong. So why is it that it's a problem? I think the people that really take issue with that are always take. They are taking issue with the fact that. The implication that, and that what some people are getting from that is that that's the only thing that oh. somebody black is good at or something that you can be impressed with is that they're, you know, the great entertainer or the big dick guy or they jump <laughs> yeah. fucking through the roof. And you go, no, <laughs> the big dick that's guy. not true. That's I'm not saying it's the only thing. I'm saying that's what I enjoy the most about those black guys is that that guy can jump through the fucking roof. That's what you enjoy the most about him. Sure. Well, isn't what, it f- what, do I, what am I getting out of fucking LeBron James? How much of the, um, re- how much of reality was there to what Jimmy Greek, Jimmy the Greek got in trouble with saying? There's, here's the, here's the thing, my argument on that. Well, what did there, he say? Let's tell people what he said. Jimmy first. the Greek was calling a game and he said, I think the actual quote was, look at that little monkey go. Oh, I remember <laughs> And, story. of course, I mean, you, you say it and you're like, that is unacceptable. But there was basically people were... Well, pull it up. Pull it up. Jimmy the Greek comments that yeah. got him fired. It's on YouTube. Yeah. It's a, apparently... Uh, oh, he's dead. Wait, what year did this take place? This had to have been, I want to say... 1988. Uh, I thought it was earlier. I thought it was early. 80s. Was it 88? Yeah, 1988. An embarrassed mm. CBS fired yes. a contrite Jimmy the Greek. Hmm was asking questions about Martin Luther King's birthday and the progress blacks have made in society. This is not what I was talking about. There, CBS sports commentator Jimmy the Greek Snyder gave his impressions of blacks and coaching in the National Football League. His answers could raise as much controversy as the statements by former Dodgers executive Al Campanis last April on ABC's Nightline news program. Yeah, pretty soon they're going to have to equalize it for the blacks, for the Greeks, the Jews, and for everybody. I mean, let's make it equal for everybody, you know. And uh, is it equal? What about in sports? Well, they've got everything. If, if they take over coaching like everybody wants them to, there's not going to be anything left for the white people. I mean, all the players are black. I mean, the only thing that the whites control is the coaching jobs. Ah. Now, I'm not being derogatory about it, but that's all that's left for them. So the black talent is beautiful. It's great. It's out there. Yeah. So the, the only thing left for the whites is a, a couple coaching jobs. Yeah, maybe we need to get more black coaches. <laughs> oh, it's all right with me. Okay, well, I'm sure that they'll take over that pretty soon, too. But I'm talking. Wait about a minute. There's nothing wrong with that. that. I'm talking about his in-game comment. Isn't there a? There's a comment. He got fired for that. No, no. No, that that doesn't seem right. I think there's, there's probably an, another video. There's an in-game. Uh, he's calling a game, and there's a guy. I don't know. If, that's what I thought. Was well, the, he was saying something about their butts being higher and their legs mean being longer. Remember that? I actually no. I for me, I you know. I don't remember it happening. I remember learning about it, and I thought it was the the in the game comment that got him the most in trouble. I mean, obviously, 
he could have gotten in trouble, obviously, for what he said there. Yeah, but, but why would he get in trouble for what he said there? Well, I think the implication... This would, this would be, Thank you. It's not going to be it, Get right? on Friday afternoon here in Washington. Okay. No, that's Brett Musburger's commentary on him Brent. getting fired. Right, that's not Brent. it. Okay. Um, because, well, what that implies, that's kind of like attached to the idea that like black guys couldn't be quarterbacks. Like they could play every other position. Why? Well, wait a minute. He didn't say that though. No, no, no. I'm saying, but the it's, it's I think connected to the the same point of view, which was that quarterbacks had to be smart, and then coaching is is thought of as the total mental. thing. That's not what he was saying though. He but, was saying that black guys are taking over every spot. They were saying that black guys are going to be every player, and they're eventually going to take over coaching too. Right. He said they were eventually going to take over coaching too. Like he's very very specific. But and if they did, there'd be nothing left for the whites to yeah. do. Yeah, I mean, he's being honest. I mean, look, it's not saying that white guys can't do it. Yeah. But he's saying that the majority of the people, are, hey guys, the majority of the people are going to be black. That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. That they're dominating. He's yeah. right. He is right. They're, they're so how dumb. is that controversial? Well, I suppose they also said during the slave period, the slave owner yes. would breed the big black. That's not that time. This is, but what I'm saying is that time right there, nothing he said was controversial. That was the thing that was controversial. And that's what I was going to ask you about. When I said, do you think that what he said has merit? That they bred people to be the largest slaves. Definitely. They, they definitely did that. Yes. and has I that think proven? I, th- I think that that definitely happened. And I think... You definitely see um, the like results of that in today's population in some way. There's there's no way you can look at some of the African American, the black population, and not actually think that there's some validity to like super breeding having taken place. Like there's, I think there's a disproportionate amount of unbelievably athletic huge black athletes. You think the Asians were bred small then? Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> but they were in It's disproportionate. It's but disproportionate. if you look at England, and that's a population that's been bred in and in, 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 in of itself. Yeah. And they're very... Well, what they know for a fact... Yeah. Well, that's also the weather that they're dealing with. Mm. They're pasty because there's no sun. No sun. They've been there for thousands of years. Yes. Yeah. I and mean, that's a really involved situation. They, mm. Those people have been there a long ass time. Mm-hmm. The the problem with the the that slavery thing, like or saying that you know slaves created great athletes, is that white people said it before and it was always a problem. But then in in recent years, and I think the last person to say it was Michael Johnson, the last prominent black guy to say it, our former Olympic gold medalist. He was like, yeah, absolutely, that's a, a valid point of view to take. Yeah. That we have some super athletic gene in some of us. Yeah, well, if you I were going to own totally. slaves, too, it only makes sense. People who own dogs do that. Right. People who own yes. roosters. Like yeah. Ro- fighting roosters, they do that, too. They yeah. breed the best with the best. Mm-hmm. They've you can't, been doing that forever. You, have, you can't look at it from, like, a, whether it's humanitarian or politically correct to say. Right. You look at it like, well, imagine you're, you're trying to get production yeah, out of yes. humans, and, you're, you know, you see one that's really built and strong, and yeah. you see another, and you go, you two, you're going to make yeah, kids. Yeah, empirically... Yeah. Sure. And why wouldn't those genes then be passed on for generations? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it seems like it makes sense to me. I don't have proof it's of it. intuitive but to me, too. Slave genes myth must die. Michael Johnson links African-American sprinters to slavery and revisits a particularly ugly pseudoscience. Um, but why is, why is that so particularly ugly? Particularly ugly. As a historian, I find 
to be stunning about what he said. The claim of supremacy of black athletes in track had never seen, had never been discussed openly before. Actually, with his words, Johnson plunged himself into a century-old debate that seems to rear its rather ugly head every four years. It's not ugly. Just in time for the opening of the sport's largest global stage, Johnson supported his theory with the examples of men's 100-millimeter finals in the Beijing Olympics. Three of the eight finals came from Jamaica, including a record-breaker winner, Usain Bolt, two from Trinidad, African-Americans Walter Dix and Doc Patton, and Dutch sprinter Tarande Martina, who hails from Cura Curaçao, rounded out the line. Racial assumptions don't work easily, as simply noting that four years ago, all eight finalists in the quest to be the world's fastest men likely had ancestors who were slaves, because race is, yeah. well, never simple. What, what the fuck is that? But rather works as an ambionic, amoebic, amoebic identity formation that changes changes throughout history it's a social construction deeply entangled with the definitions of class gender sexuality and so on this guy whoever wrote this is an intellectual dodo He's oh it's asshole. a woman it's oh. a woman that's a dodo statement yeah that's a statement where you're just not being honest about something and you're trying yeah. to be massively politically yes. correct yes. despite of the yes. preponderance of information and you don't follow sports if you wrote that you don't follow you don't know what's going on in major sports do you think it's a black woman or a white woman who wrote that white woman yeah you think Absolutely. so i think so she's so Seems afraid more of, likely. of political incorrectness yes okay. just like the white woman that gets offended at every yes for, for everybody else yes. at the show yes. yeah oh yeah. the righteous indignation that was racist, what you said oh, isn't that fascinating how yes dare you say they'll say that, that to you Yes. About like whatever it could be White a Mexican woman. joke. Ding ding ding! We yeah, got a winner. Of course it is. Liberal. Yeah. Say that about like yep, a Mexican exactly. joke, and there'll be a Mexican guy like high fiving yes. you about. He's like, "That's yes. just true," and she's like, "That is not acceptable." Right. The like, white people are okay. the racial police for everybody else, right. don't you know? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of white. I mean, white guilt is as real as fuck. Yes. The, the white guilt is so real, and oh, totally. the, the need to get brownie points yeah. from black people is so huge, I and totally from other fellow too. progressives. And I, I want to say, what, do with, too what? I totally I love black approval. Like when a black person, <laughs> <laughs> Tom and I always talk about yeah, how good awesome. we feel when like a black person's like, "You're really funny." You're like, "Oh my god, I'm really funny." Yeah, but that's not meaning that you <laughs> oh distort reality no, in no, the form no. of journalism to try to like negative. No. Like what that woman said in that article, like the way she's saying it, it's like. That's such a nonsense statement. I'm not sure I even understand her immediate anything. It, I don't even want to understand. How does it rear it. its ugly head, first of all? Saying someone because of slavery is fucking awesome at <laughs> athletics. Last time I checked, being awesome at athletics is really good. Yeah. Correct, like, yes. And there have been, for sure, some horrible things that have happened. Like, like, for instance, my people, Sicilians. Mm. If you look at that whole movie, True Romance, I mean, that was the right. whole scene where Christopher Walken and uh, what the fuck is his name? Uh, the dad. God damn it. I know. The dad, he, he goes, your great-great-grandmother. The guy from Easy Rider. Yes. Whose name I Hopkins. Dennis, Hop yeah. Dennis Hopper. Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Hopper. Dennis Hopper. That whole eggplant yes. discussion. It's yeah. true. The it's Moors raped all the people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, that's why my people are savages. That's why they have dark hair. That's yeah. why they, but, they... But I think it's it's people's inability to grasp reality and the brutality of shit that's actually mm. happened. It's because it's associated with something ugly. Slavery was an ugly practice. Mm -hmm. For and sure. people are so terrified of it. Right. But people... You're connecting something yes. awesome but coming from something yes. ugly with being a part of that ugly thing. Right. And that you know, accusing someone of being awesome because of that somehow or another diminishes their accomplishments. 
But scientifically and statistically, when you're looking at, again, one-tenth of the population is black. But ninety percent of the sprinters are black. I mean, that yeah, maybe more, <laughs> maybe yeah, more. They that's one where they just completely dominate. Uh, how many? Sport. How about football players? What's right. the football is probably like sixty-five to seventy percent. That's pretty high. And basketball, <laughs> basketball is probably eighty-five to ninety percent. And boxing, boxing yeah. is oh, like right. there's Mexicans and yeah. there's a few Filipinos couple Russians and there's a couple then, Russians yeah. and this scattered white guy that yeah. fucking didn't have a good dad. Yeah. But other than <laughs> other than that, yeah. It's a lot of black people. I mean, it's it's a really dumb thing to pretend that that's not the case. Black people yeah. in the United States have stopped playing. There's a lot less interest in, in the black culture for playing baseball, yeah. but not in Latin America. And guess what? Fucking black Latinos. Yeah. Incredibly dominant baseball players because that's the major sport. Sure. Soccer. I mean, you look at, I mean, black a ton of black people that are Brazilian. Hey, bitch. Oh, my God. Come they on, son. Dominate that well, shit. How about MMA fighters from Brazil? There's a sure. shitload shit of black yeah. MMA fighters from Brazil yep. that well, are dude, excellent. Even golf. Yeah, there's that one. Hello. That one guy's pretty good. The one guy dominates that whole thing, right? <laughs> yeah, that one guy's yeah. not doing so good anymore. Yeah, he's not. Right? But he's still, he's still. He just got crushed by the yep. media. He still uh, yes, he did. wrecked his confidence. Wasn't that so the best? Badass. That was we were just talking about the best. How you liked crazy it? that scandal was. I did because at the time I was a writer on Chelsea lately, so it was like <laughs> it was a windfall. Yeah, it was like that's mana funny. from the uh, yeah, that's a the whatever lana. tabloid gods. But to, it was so crazy that the guy, the nerdy golf player, was pulling so much puss. I honestly the think they all are. Yes, probably. Yeah. I think they're men. <laughs> well, they're men. Yeah. They're they're rich, famous rich, athletes. So, so rich. Yeah. yeah, those guys are so baller. There's the, the amount of money that those big time pro golfers make. Even a, a yeah. person that is doing well can't relate to the amount of money that Tiger Woods has made. No, like, no. Tiger Woods has like made a billion dollars yeah. off knocking a ball into a hole in the dirt. Yeah, like I don't think anybody can ever understand the appeal of a million dollars on a bimbo. Yeah, right. you know. Yeah, right. A billion. All right. Is it, off the charts. Off the charts. A guy who makes billions knocking ball and just likes to sling dick. That's so great. Yeah. The it's way pretty... I described it, I said that he looked like a really unfortunate looking but wildly successful man who was attacked by sluts. <laughs> if he <laughs> right. if sluts were fleas, he would need a collar. Oh yeah. God. And I'm not slut shaming, by the no, way. No, no. No, that but was just, very pro sex of you. Um, they good. should be able to do whatever they want to do. But just be able to, as a right. story. It's a bad word, maybe. Slut. Take it away. Um, you know what though? I'm kind of free girl. I'm kind of opposed to gold digging, though. I feel like opposed to it. I don't like it. As Mm. as a woman, I I want I want us to be better. I'd like us to be contributors to society. I'd like us to win Nobel prizes (laughs) and not take rich guys' money for sex. Well, there's a. I mean, for sure, there's a lot of men out there that are taking someone's money too. There's gold diggers that are men. I know Mm. gold diggers that are men that have wives that are rich and famous. They don't do shit. Not famous, rather, but rich and successful. I should say. Yeah. yeah, it is disproportionate, but weak people are weak people everywhere you go. There's always someone who wants someone to take care of them. The sons of rich men are oftentimes just as bad as a gold digger, like right. having no desire to achieve or perform anything, a delusional perception of reality, mm-hmm. you know, a delusional idea of what their own value is because they don't really contribute. They right. just were given a yes. free ride, so they never developed a character. And unbelievably privileged, like a really nice free ride where they yeah. feel very entitled to everything. Uh. Well, much like when I said, you know, that you can't ever say that comics can't have a successful relationship because you guys can do it. You can never say that 
you, you just you can't say that there's always going to be a group of people in any gender, whether it's transgender, whether it's gay. There's always going to be a group of people that just fail. There's going to be a group of women that fail, a group of men that fail. There's going to be people that just don't get their shit together, don't ever self-actualize, don't ever pursue their dreams, don't ever get involved with anything they truly love. It's going to happen. But there's always going to be people that do. There always have been, from Amelia Earhart to, Mm -hmm. you know, fill in the blank, you know, all throughout history. There's always been women that have figured out a way to achieve and, and do things that they really, truly enjoyed doing. Like our flight attendant. Oh, no. Stop now. Stop. The hijacker. I heard about it. We got hijacked for the longest time I've ever been hijacked as an adult. <laughs> oh, no. Tommy and I were having a fun little conversation. Yeah. And uh, we ordered a little glass of wine because we're gentlemen and we're on a, a business trip. We decided to have a little wine, and we're sitting there, uh, and the woman came over, and she made a joke about the temperature of the wine. And I made the mistake of going, um, is it like you're apologizing that it's too cold? That's funny. I've, I've never heard anybody apologize that wine is too cold. She goes, oh, well, if you remember the scene from Sideways, see, I've never really been much into wine. The only time I drink wine is in church, but there's a funny thing uh. about wine. I knew a guy, and the guy was a wine connoisseur, and they brought him a bottle of wine and said, should we put this in the refrigerator? He screamed, don't you touch it and put it in the refrigerator. Don't you put a hand on that wine and bring it in the refrigerator. <laughs> I thought it was so funny, but of course I don't drink. The only time I drink is in the and uh. it it went on and on and on. Yes. To the point where I was lucky because I was in the window. So I just abandoned Tommy. I, <laughs> I, I lifted up yeah. the window you and angry. I put my face to the glass. <laughs> and then I reached into my laptop bag and I put out, pulled out my notepad and I started writing down. And I wrote in my notepad. That flight attendant won't shut the fuck up. Yeah. I wrote that in my notepad. I started writing it in front of her, too. And then Tommy Did you? took her. Yes. Well, first of all, she came o- when she came over, she goes, do you want something to drink? So I said, funny. yeah. Um, do you have Pinot Noir? Which is not that crazy to say. Because right. sometimes they go, no, we have cab. We have Stewardess. <laughs> yeah. Won't shut the yeah. fuck up. Yeah. Oh, that's great. She, I was like, this has to be addressed. When I said, do you have Pinot Noir? She goes, uh, excuse me? And I go, Pinot Noir, she goes, do you think you're in Lyon, France? Yeah. And I was like, no. It's not even fancy. It's not, yeah, it's not crazy. And she was like, we got red or white. And I was oh, like, all right, God. red. And then yeah. when she came back, it was sideways. It was the sommelier at Macy's who, when I worked at the hospital, they brought him the wine. And yeah. he said, should I chill this? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> And it, we're and talking then, about the most... Like boring sentences. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. These were these are incredibly boring sentences. The worst. So just like, oh god. When she left. And you're when she left, and we go like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> she left. She came back, and I just made eye. Like I just looked up. She goes, oh, no. did you ever see the movie Simon? Uh. And I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. She was like, my favorite scene in that is a wine scene. And I was like. All right, she goes, and I. This is when I zoned out. She was like Bruce Willis and she whatever actor, going. and she was like, "And they knock over it all the wine fall." I thought it was a great scene, and I was like, yeah. "She wouldn't stop." Yeah, and you know what's really fascinating? Painful. Before this happened, before this happened, Tommy nailed her personality because we uh. we may or may not have had <laughs> before we got on that plane, and so we were. Uh, it was just starting to kick in in mid flight, and he goes, "You know what I think." 
I think that they put her on this small plane because she can't work well with others. Oh, right. And that the other right. stewardesses don't like working with her, so they stick her on these small planes because she doesn't, she doesn't want to be around anybody. She's probably been doing this a long time, mm-hmm. and they know she doesn't work well with others. And then she came over and just right away gave us the uh-huh. ferocious ear beating. Yeah. And I was like, he's right. Yes, it was an ear beating mm. was also she gave us an ear beating on shirt shutting off the phones too like everything held up beating. her phone yeah i pressed I mean, this button and we didn't have our uh. phones on it's not like we were resisting yeah. we shut our phones off but she did it for the whole thing like this is what i want you to do right. you see this button i want you to press this button not in airplane mode folks mm. not in airplane mode i want you to shut this button if you have an iphone I want you to slide that over that says shut it off. And I mean, she's going on and on and on. It's taking a long ass time. And if you wanted to read a book or if you wanted to, you know, listen to your iPod, eh, that's not happening. No, you're dealing with this nonsense. Yeah. You're dealing with the, and you can't even fight against that nonsense because if you argue at all about anything, they kick you off the plane. Yep. She's got the power. It's over. I had a friend get kicked off the plane because he was upset that they didn't find a seat for his son next to him. Like, they didn't find anybody that was willing to move. It was an hour and a half flight from San Francisco to Seattle. It's a quick-ass flight. And they, you know, he said, is, there, is it possible? She was like, sir, we've tried. There's nothing we could do. He goes, I have a five-year-old, though. Mm-hmm. Like, why did you guys sell me a ticket? I told you he was five years old. You can't have a five-year-old sit by himself. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he's terrified of flying in the first sure. place. Like, all I'm asking is someone, if you ask if someone could switch seats. And she said, sir, I've tried. There's nothing we can do. Please take your seat. And he was like, you guys are the most unfamily-friendly airline. Like, you guys are horrible. I can't believe you're doing this. So that's all he says. He goes and sits down, and the fucking captain comes up to him. Mm-hmm. says, sir, you're going to have to come off the same. They, they say you're aggressive. And, you're... and he was like, what? He goes, you, gotta be, you must be joking. He goes, all I asked is if they could find a seat for my son. I didn't use profanity. I didn't raise my voice. I said, yeah. you guys are the most unfamily-friendly airline that I've ever seen. That's all I said because you weren't even willing to like look for someone, and they kicked him off the Gotta plane. Get off, yep. And he was like, "I can't believe this." He goes, "I'm not aggressive." They, but we saw that. Was it you and I that saw that? Crazy. Who did we see? We we on a plane. We saw two guys arguing about the the bin. Um, I don't Are you know. With me on that one, I don't, no, think, I don't think I've seen two Ari. people kicked off. Might planes. have been Ari. I've seen a lady get kicked off for having attitude um, about really? like her whole day. She was like, and then you put me later on this shit, and now I'm here, and fucking, and she was just complaining, 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 and you know she was, I think, aggressive speaking to them. Boom, boot, and I saw one who got kicked her whole family off, and she had small children. She was breastfeeding one of them, and they were like, "We're gonna taxi now, and you need to, you know." I don't, I, Why'd she get kicked off? She gave the lady attitude about the flight attendant attitude when the flight attendant asked her. Um, I don't know if she asked her to stop breastfeeding while we were going to taxi. Oh, come but she, on. But she told her, like, you know, why don't you just worry about the drinks while I'm breastfeeding? And they were like, uh-uh. And then we stopped. And they actually, that one, they had police come out to the, uh, to the, we didn't even go back. The police came out. They opened the, the door. So you think they just get off on the power? Absolutely. I think yes. sometimes, uh, I think sometimes they, they absolutely want to protect themselves and they have to yeah. you know mm-hmm. you, you can't have somebody who's a, a, an actual threat to right. the flight yeah. but i think i think there's definitely a thrill in knowing that if somebody gives you kind of a little jab kind of a little attitude you can be like i could fuck up your day right now yeah pretty pretty badly too. and i can justify it and we were talking about that that this ability to hijack you is kind of the same thing mm. because 
in a normal scenario, you don't have to listen to this person. You're mm-hmm. not stuck in a chair, literally strapped in with a fucking belt. Yeah. But you have to right. listen. Right. Like it's, and then she, they can just hover over you and just shit in your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bah! Yeah. Pop your headphones on in your hood, in your glasses. That's why Yeah, I, but you I can't do that in the middle of a conversation so when you're having you also, a conversation with another guy and then you're having a wine and then all of a sudden, boom, you're stuck. Hijack. The glasses. I don't know if you remember. The glasses were these, they're like tasting glasses. They, they weren't. Were very small. Very small. And the first time... Uh, I had two sips and it was empty. Mm-hmm. And she goes, do you want a refill? And I go, yeah. She goes, we had a couple of drinkers up here. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, I can see a certain <laughs> person, not me personally, but I could see that comment really setting somebody off. The impl- the outside yeah. implication of like, what we got a couple of drunks. I don't want to say anymore than that. No, mm-hmm. no. But no need to say any more than we already said. We already got too cruel. <clears throat> but Poor lady. She's lonely. She wants you, to talk to people. That's it. Jesus and, Christ. And it's also, because you've had, assholes. that's okay. You're you've an asshole. I'm an asshole. I feel, I feel all right about it. But don't you think it's an inability to read uh, social cues? Yes. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. She has yeah. no doubt. Zero ability. She wasn't good at it. Or she didn't care. She just wanted to talk. Yeah. yeah. You know, who knows? You know, a lot of people, by the way, are a little pilled up and they don't even know that you don't want them to talk to you. Oh. Like there's some, every pe- everything's going to be okay, folks. <laughs> there's a few of those people mm-hmm. that are antidepressant the fuck up. Yes. It's super duper common. If you look at the number of prescriptions sold, the number of anti uh, antidepressant prescriptions mm. that are sold in this country every year, it's yes. staggering. I believe it's like 30 million, 30 yeah. million people. Are, like, let's see, let's see how many people are on antidepressants. Let's just guess. I'm saying it's about 30 million. Yeah, I think. Remember that book, Prozac Nation? Was that in the 90s? That's when they started it. It's exploded. And like everyone was on Prozac. It's exploded. Then, it's such a huge industry. I know. I know a handful of people. I have a friend on Prozac. Yeah. So Good guy too. Great guy. Astounding increase in antidepressant use by Americans. A Harvard University study. Harvard Health Publications from Harvard Medical School. Or you could just smoke weed, right? People 12 and over increased by almost 400%. Mm. Wow. Between 1988 to 1994 and then from 2005 to 2008. That's incredible. Holy shit. Yeah. 23% of all people on antidepressants are women in their 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Tw- no, no, no. Excuse me. 23% of women in their 40s and 50s are on mm-hmm. antidepressants. That's wow. menopause it's one time, in four. Though. Yeah. But that so makes sense. 3%. Holy yeah, that's shit. Saying you're going through the change of life. Yeah. A higher percentage than any other group by age or sex. Just stop and think about that. 23% of women in their 40s and 50s are on a pill mm. that keeps them happy. Statistically, that's there's a really good chance that our flight attendant is one of those people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Look, I had a friend that was on it, and one of the things he said to me was that when he was on it, nothing bothered him. He was on Zoloft, and he's like, yeah. nothing bothers me. Nothing, nothing can phase me. Nothing, everything's fine. <laughs> nothing bothers me. Yeah. And that, those kind of people, they, they don't, they don't yeah. see things coming. They don't sure. see, mm-hmm. so they're not aware that they're being weird. Mm-hmm. I wonder what, it would be interesting, obviously it won't happen, but to hear what her version of that dialogue would be. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you go like, it's also kind of like, it was great. Talk to all those guys. So much fun. These yeah. two guys drinking wine. We had a great conversation. They love me. They love my fucking anecdotes about sideways. I'll tell you, I told them the sideways story and uh, <laughs> never seen two guys have a better time on a flight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were pretty, 
They were pretty yeah. into the fucking oh, bottle. Yeah. You know? yeah. One of them had two drinks. The other one had about five. Uh-huh. Maybe a total of four ounces. <laughs> they, were the, they, were, they were really little glasses. Sipping glass. Yeah. Of wine. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we got a couple of drunks in the fourth round. I don't know if that was what was going on, if she was on antidepressants, but I do know that she wasn't good at reading shit. No. Negative. Uh, no. no. Isn't that, you, you meet people like that all the time. Yes, I'm you related know, to like, a few. But hmm. the, the, So the question is, Antisocial. should she have to completely revamp her life, get her shit together, change her diet, start exercising, start <laughs> taking care of her health, start applying uh, different philosophies to her life uh-huh. at X years of age, you know, an advanced age. Or should she just take a fucking pill? What makes her happier? Right. Exactly, yes. I don't it's know. Definitely, life does not, it's not, doesn't live forever. Doesn't it's definitely, an, there's a, definitely an easier path and a, seems like a little more uh, resistance in another path. For that, that other path seems like a pain in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> Be honest with you. Take one of these. Nope. Less than a third of Americans who are taking a single antidepressant as opposed to two or more have seen a mental health professional in the past year. Mm-hmm. So people are just, just taking the pills. Yeah. I'm fine. Oh, that's scary without any kind of supervision. I'm a mental health professional. Yes. And as are you. You guys yes. provide mental health relief in the form of comedy. Mm-hmm. That's true. I'm a mental health professional from now on. <laughs> I feel good about I've it. I've never done them, but I, I hear... I think we're it, distributors of mental health. Uh, for sure, yeah. But I hear it can be helpful, like, if you're going through some really depressing time, just to kind of allow you to get some distance to get clarity on the issue. I mean, I, I, again, I've oh, never... Oh, like a pill can help you? Yeah, like, let's say yeah. something really tragic, like your spouse dies, and yeah. <clears throat> you just you can't even go on. I guess it helps to give you some kind of perspective. Well, you know it's one of the best for that? Bless you. Yeah. You know what the best is um, uh, ecstasy. Yes. MDMA is incredible for that. For grief? Yep. Really? Grief, for post-traumatic stress. I didn't know that. Yeah. For people with PTSD, for people who've been victimized, for people who have had horrible things happen to them, they say it's an almost immediate and really, like, fulfilled relief. Hmm. Like, it's not just a temporary relief. It's a relief where you gain perspective on, like, like maybe, you know, had a terrible breakup and you take ecstasy. And whatever reason, it allows you to see things in a different way where you forgive. That's and interesting. Wow. It's one of the big, I had no idea. Yeah, it's supposed to be amazing for that. It's supposed to be amazing for stress, too, for <laughs> soldiers and shit. Yeah. Soldiers coming back from the oh. war with PTSD. Yeah, That's a huge problem. Duncan, you know, put it in perspective first. He goes, you think about how many people are over there that are experiencing things that no one here is seeing. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to come here, and then they're going to try to integrate in society and get some shitty fucking job. How? And try to forget everything they did. Yeah. Try to forget all the killing. Dude, I was only, I went to Afghanistan for two weeks, like a couple years ago. And just in two weeks, being a spectator to a war, just being a tourist in all of it was so, you saw me when I came back. I was like shell-shocked. I had to, I sat in my shrink's couch like bawling. So you see, you know, you tour the hospitals and you see little eight-year-old boys who fell into a fire and they're burned. Or you see 20-year-old kids who stepped on IEDs and they lose their limbs or their faces are blown off. It's terrible. Yeah. It's really crazy. And I didn't even, I saw a fraction of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So imagine if you're there doing a tour. Yeah, you're doing it day after day. Oh, my God. Years. Yeah, I mean, you know, war of. War tour, not like a tour of performing. Like. Well, that's why right. when that guy went over and um, he was uh, suffering from PTSD and they wound up just uh, murdering a bunch of people and uh, killed a bunch of civilians. And they were like, this guy had been crying for help. Like, this isn't mm. like this guy had been talking about his PTSD, trying to get out of the army. And they sent him over there again. Yeah. And he just cracked. I mean, literally reached a point where he cracked. 
And yeah. you can only see so much brutality, so much yeah. before you lose your perspective, you lose humanity. And we don't take care and I'm of not, enough. Yeah, and I'm not excusing what he did by any stretch of the imagination. But what I'm saying is when something like that happens, you got to wonder, like, what makes a person capable of doing that? If they didn't do it, but do they, were they a psycho going in? Yeah. Or do you make them a psycho? Mm. Does their experiences make them a psycho? Does the, the, the lack of feeling make them want to do something that shocks them? Mm-hmm. I mean, do they get to the point where they see so much killing and they've killed so many people that they, they're, not even, they're not even aware of what's real or what's not? And well, how medicated are they? Are, we, are they medicated? Do we even know? But that's your job to kill people. Yeah. That's the crazy part is they're like, here, you're getting a paycheck to kill people. Yeah. That's a hard thing to wrap your head around as a civilian. Yeah. U.S. soldiers, right? here we yeah. go. Oh, my life. U.S. soldiers are dangerously, dangerously over. This is in um, uh, this article, Natural News. Is that a real website? U.S. soldiers dangerously over medicated with antipsychotic drugs. Yeah. Hmm. So the, apparently, there's a lot of them that they have like real issues with war hmm. and they give them Prozac. You need somebody, you need to put people in there that, um, I'm saying like, it's not for everybody, you know? Like, I think that you should almost, there should almost be a clause where like you can go and be like, I can't do this. And they should let you. This is NBC News, heavily armed and medicated. That's uh, on on fucking Newsweek or uh, NBC News rather. Wow. Yeah, those guys, I feel yeah, bad you, for them. you should get a card. Like, yeah. you get into the military and yeah. you go, yo, this isn't for me. Like, yeah, I you should be able I, to. I don't But it's not. For, here's the deal. It's not for anybody. It's not for anybody, but there's some people You know people what that, it is for? It's for psychos and yes. people who <laughs> think that it's something that it's not. Exactly. And then when they get over there, they realize, oh, I'm not defending my country. I'm yeah. working for this brutal company that doesn't mm-hmm. give a fuck about any people. Yeah. It's comprised of people, and yet it doesn't care about people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just cares about siphoning out money and distributing it to a few people that will never be over here killing people that's the weirdest thing at all of all when you look at the amount of money that gets siphoned out of war and then injected into the bank accounts of people that don't kill anybody don't risk any life Mm -hmm. don't risk their health for a second right and they're living like fucking bankers they're living like gangsters they're 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 you know if you look at the people that are making the most money out of war I mean, it's quite shocking mm-hmm. the amount of money that you can extract and never have to kill anybody. Yeah, that's why there'll always be wars forever and ever. And I don't ever. know about oh. that, man. I don't know about that. I don't think. I don't. I think the. It's like. It's like you know. You look at the, those pharmaceutical statistics and you realize that industry, that lobby, is too powerful and it's too strong for it to get defeated. That's why those those pills will be around. There'll be new pills. There'll be new drugs. Mm-hmm. War is such a profitable device that i don't think you could i mean idealistically obviously you don't want there to be wars but i just don't i think that there's too much to be gained unfortunately i wonder america definitely definitely country definitely definitely yeah. for sure yeah yeah so you think there's no way to fix it well we're so into it we're so enmeshed right in but it. how come we can fix it how about if we ran the world if the world consisted of everybody in this room uh, i'm pretty sure no one's going to kill anybody you know yeah. you might get mad at brian if he fucking takes a picture mm-hmm. of penis over your forehead while you're sleeping or something but brian would be the one that would get attacked the first i think yeah you'd get attacked first but i don't think we'd kill him no uh, him i up. wouldn't murder him no, no him. i would just relegate him to some kind of job where he had no authority sex slave if he wasn't sex hunting worker, yeah. no hunting for brian if he wasn't bringing in his food he was eating all your food you'd get a little annoyed yeah. it's like brian yeah. you haven't killed one rabbit i try 
I sold my butt. I sold my butthole. Partying. I was at Olive Garden with my butthole. Joe, I see. I see in your future. Would you start a society like a compound where everybody hunts their own food and grows their own food? Well, then they're gonna come and get you. Nobody wants anybody to be self-sustaining inside this country. Who's gonna Who's gonna get the government? Will shut yeah, it down. They'll wake you. They'll come and wake yeah, you. Yeah, that's so true. I forgot about that part. You could have a community, but they would infiltrate it. What about the like government the... would infiltrate it, and then they find someone who's selling mushrooms, right. someone, and then they'd, they'd come in shut and bust down. it. Yeah. They don't. The idea of someone gaining a stronghold on a group of people with a different ideology, a non-supportive ideology mm. of the thing that's running the country right now. They're not down for that. Very true. It's just natural. It's natural to try to fight that off. Hmm. Oh, sidebar. Have you seen? <laughs> Sorry, because I had a thought that I want. I was driving on. A, we were driving to Downey like ages ago, and uh, there was a billboard for the Marines, and it was like Mexican traditions. Be a, oh yeah, be a I've good Mexican. That. Be a Marine, and you're like, yeah. whoa, this is so evil. Hispanic, I think it said. Right. Well, you know, I fucking I read Mexican. I was a Mexican. <laughs> and I like, wow, that is really sneaky. That's that's yeah. how you appeal to a, a poor young dude, right? Like to yeah. live up to this ideal of manhood of yeah. perceived. Well, those yeah. all those crush, those commercials, they all appeal to your sense of wanting to be a great, uh, impactful person, to be an yes. adventurer, to be you know something, to be a warrior. To yeah. Be, Someone yeah. who's noble. When they're that, stand there and slide that sword yeah, in. Yeah, it looks great though to an eighteen-year-old boy. Wouldn't you be like, "Fuck yeah!" It's great to a forty-five-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, who's just smart right. enough to realize why it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. When you see the propaganda though, that's so guided towards a group that's not you, is when you realize how much there's propaganda. Yeah. You know, like oh, you, yeah. you just Most don't dead. you don't see it as propaganda when you see it as an ad. You're like, oh, this is a thing. But then when you when it's so like geared toward another group, mm-hmm. you know, like that banking commercial we saw. Oh my like, god, that was ridiculous! And the girl comes home with her check, and uh, she's like speaking Spanish and English, you know. And it's like this it's is just so ad. to like you know appeal to the Spanish speaking, but it's like it's such a it's you know she's she just speaks like Spanish and English, right? Like she gets home and she's like, "Mira, I got my first check." <laughs> And then, no way. yeah, and they're like, ay, que linda, she's so happy. And then she's like, oh, no. look at my check. He's like, ah, mira, lo está tomando. She like takes a picture. She's taking a photo of her check. She's like, no, I'm making a deposit. And it's just like a Spanish-English conversation. And they eat tacos. And they yeah, eat, they're like making, they go to wow. the bank. Yeah. So they're like, just in case some white people really love Mexicans, we'll throw a few English right. words in here. Yeah, yeah. And it's Play just like, hate you fucking apes. <laughs> totally. You know, Silly is, white people. This like is not for you. Supposed mm-hmm. to like this is really supposed to be effective to the person who's Latino, who's like, I don't trust banks, and they're like, ah, this right. bank's pretty cool. They, so uh, it's just for a bank? Yeah, it's a it's a major bank, you know. And so so why's the bank giving you money? What's the bank's no, giving you a check in the commercial? No, the no the girls yeah. come yeah. home with from her first she's got her first paycheck. Right. And so she's just like, I got my first paycheck. Oh, so she wants to put it in that bank. Right. Because it's the smart one. Yeah. <laughs> It's the one that's going to take care of your money. Right. Yeah, say. Say, yeah. Hey, Come on, take fucker. care of shit, yo. Put your shit in the bank. Come huh? on, don't be so. You got to save your money. <laughs> don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. Hey, man, what's calculus? Yeah, it's, you ever go to a neighborhood where all the signs are a different language? Uh, mm. Yeah, we We've lived, lived in, in a couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you live? Uh, uh, K-Town. K-Town, and then we lived in basically little El Salvador, which is just adjacent. You guys were in the hood for a while, huh? Uh, MacArthur Park. Bang, yeah. bang. We were in a real shithole when we got married. We were so broke when we you got married. You heard bang, bangs? Uh, Tommy, tell, tell Joe your famous bang, bang, what you were doing the at worst the time bang, story. bang one was <laughs> like two in the afternoon. I'm sitting on our living room couch 
which is basically you have a you could just look right into MacArthur Park. I'm sitting on the couch, pants down, jerking off <laughs> to really? to porn on my laptop, and I just hear like kaboom, <laughs> and I just like fucking jump on the ground, like I jump on the ground, full boner. Like, what? Like, am I in trouble? Like, it's so terrifying to be in that thought process and hear that loud. And I just, I pull my pants up. And the first thing I do, you're not home. So I call our Jose, our, whatever, he doesn't fucking listen to the show. Jose is uh, the building, you know, manager. He doesn't work yeah. anymore now. So I call him and he's like, uh, what's up? And I go, dude. <laughs> What the fuck was that? And he goes, "What was what?" And I go, "You didn't hear that shit?" And he goes, "No." I go, "It sounded like it was on my fucking like back, like on my balcony." No, I'm in the garage, man. And I was like, "All right." And I'm like, "This is unbelievable." And then two minutes go by, my phone rings, and he's like, "Hey, yeah, man, I just talked to somebody. Uh, some dude just got shot on uh, the street out in front. That's what you heard." And then they shut down every fucking possible entrance to our street. And what happened was a guy went up to another guy, two in the afternoon, broad daylight, and put a forty-five right, like pulled it out, shot him in the chest. Random? Uh, it was a gang thing. Oh. And then didn't even run. He just waited there. Waited? Waited for the cops. To get arrested? I guess, yeah. There was a lot, a lot of gang shit. In that neighborhood. Yeah, it's Why did they uh, wait? Did they want to go back to jail? I don't know. That part wasn't explained to me, but the... The shooting was like that, you know, the whole thing was that he just, I think he was a marked guy. Like he had done something and they were like, this is retaliation. Ooh, living in that gang neighborhood is not cool. No. no. What was neat though is that LAPD installed these uh, like sound devices where they'd put them up on the light post or somewhere and they could actually track exactly where the bullet was shot from. Within a five mile radius, so mm-hmm. like that was kind of cool. Like they come five in five mile radius. Yeah, I think it's that. That seems pretty big. That's huge. Well, I'm telling you, yeah, look it up. I, I may be off on the. Uh, anyway, they could detect exactly where the bullet was coming from. Apparently, in our neighborhood. Our our last uh, one of our last nights was a celebratory night where we were on Holy the roof. Holy shit, man! And um, it was a couple days after LAPD had there was a drunk guy on Sixth Street mm-hmm. who was wielding a knife. And they lit him up. Like they shot him guy. like, yeah, so they shot him like fucking, mm. I forget, it was like 13 or 22 times, like something crazy for this drunk guy with a knife. So they, El Salvadorian neighborhood, marched towards the Rampart Division police headquarters and it was bananas. So we're standing on the roof of our building and no shit, there's like 20 police helicopters. Like, usually there was one or two a uh, night, every, every night. night. But, like, when you see 20, you're like, this is <laughs> martial law. Like, it was, yeah. that neighborhood was that nuts. night was unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah. Wow. It well, was, they, they shot him for no reason. The guy no, they had, didn't shoot him for no reason. He had a knife, but, but they, he was drunk. He was, I know. He was like, it's, like fucking. What are you supposed to do? Give him a book? Yeah. Give him a book, teach him how Clean to act, him, right? Show him how to wash his ass with his hand. But I think. <laughs> no, it was, have, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing was that it's obviously excessive force but they're just happy to use their guns yeah they're excited yeah. a reason to do it some asshole's got a knife let's light this dude this up just light him up yeah. he's got a family it's two miles Christine. two miles all right two miles three two miles, miles powerful that's brian still, that's doing still some research powerful. pretty big man <laughs> yeah. yeah that's not good no. brian callen was on his street and uh his neighbor couldn't drive his car 
Couldn't figure out why his car couldn't start, so he got his car towed, and they found a bullet in the engine block. What? And there was a shootout on the street, and a stray bullet slammed into his engine. Jesus. Yeah, that's when Brian was like, okie dokie, time to move. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a park where he uh, used to take his daughter to play, a guy shot a guy there. Cool. And I'm like, okay, fuck Venice. Great. Venice is great, though. That's what yeah. sucks about Venice. It's it, like, it has all of that, but it's also great. Cool mm-hmm. restaurants and Super cool. cool little art places. It's a it's a funky, I saw a poetry slam there once. Not I'm that sorry. great. I'm sorry. Not it's the great. worst. Have you been to the Tasting Kitchen there? In Venice? No, I don't know what that is. A restaurant. Oh, no, 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 no. I've never been there. Wait, Unreal. let's, let's play this. Poetry slams. What do, you, what, do you like, what do you like less, poetry slams or musicals? Poetry slams. Okay. Because at least musicals, somebody likes them. Right. <laughs> You're pretending. So you remember when they have deaf poetry yes! jam? Oh, yeah. Yes. That was so I awful. stand white man in front of you, unconquered, on top of the universe. Is my soul eternal? Shall I reach a point, a pinnacle in my existence here in your white-dominated world? Can I, will I, do I, shall I? That shit suck, man. That's what that should happen. There was a time with men like me did not have access to books or knowledge, but now I thrive. Yeah. <laughs> there should be yeah, in Deaf Poetry Slam, there should be a black guy in the <laughs> fucking the in the in the rafters with a mic who just gets to after everyone goes, Your shit was whack too, man. Yeah. Like just shits on everybody. You know what's way worse than black guys in Deaf Poetry Jams? <laughs> White guys. White guys yeah. in Deaf Poetry Jams. White yeah. guys Ooh. trying to be black doing that. Yes. Rough. <sighs> Here's the problem with those things. It, it, the, the art form itself is incredibly unsatisfying. Like, all you're doing is saying things, and you're trying to be profound. The only time anybody ever wants to hear anything, like, really profound like that is from someone who is an accomplished person. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, if Russell Simmons went up and gave a poetry slam about succeeding in business, then you would want to see, like, starting your own business. and. Yeah, awesome. that's Russell Simmons, and it's, it's got some poignancy to mm-hmm. it. But when you're some self-indulgent fucking mm-hmm. dickwad, mm-hmm. and you're just talking nonsense, mm-hmm. and you string Those together were all, a bunch they of They were just so bad, dude. Words. They were so bad. Shit. And we already told yeah. you, you're good at sports. <laughs> just keep playing sports. <laughs> what about like, the white people that are doing it? Run faster. <laughs> oh, here, are we going to see? Is this oh, Jeff? Here's the white, white guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, oh, please. Oh, it's George Watsky. Oh, What's up, George? Don't be mean to George. Poor George. We're about to... Crucify him right now. Oh, Christ. It's embarrassing. White guy doing it. He's got a golf shirt on, too. They're super friendly, though. Yeah. Because he's not like, I'm going to be funny. So this is for those among us who got enough play through 12th grade to carry in an upside-down teaspoon. For every kid with the collective romantic prowess of Steve Urkel, Richard Simmons, and Screech from Saved by the Bell, this is the anthem for those among us who got none in our formative years. And this poem is for every high school virgin who wouldn't have had it any other way. You don't know the possibilities of a weekend until you've cracked a four-pack of juice squeeze with your boys, bumped B.I.G.'s Big Papa, and watched an entire Star Trek The Next Generation marathon. For me, Virgin was working, and I can see why Trekkies greet each Please other. Stop this. Stop, I know, stop, right? stop this. Stop this. Stop this. <laughs> I feel for that boy. <laughs> you know what I, I would tell that, that boy? Guy. First, there's a bunch of things you got to tell him. Yes. First of all, your breathing heavy has to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the deliveries. Yeah. The Quentin Tarantino vibe should have 
stop too. And he's yeah. definitely yeah. not going to get laid after this. <laughs> right. well, this is this thing that they do where they're in front of black people. They 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 act black. Yeah, yeah there was black change the way he talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yes, yes. Change the way he yes. talks. And it wasn't this. It wasn't full bore, but it was pretty obvious. He Oprah does a, that. Too. He should have just thrown in a few more. You know what I'm saying? So you know? it definitely <laughs> super black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Then so four juice boxes. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. But that <laughs> that thing that they do, what I'm gonna tell you, there's a way I gotta breathe. Then yeah. that deaf slam, stupid fucking breathing thing in between but, your overly contrived oh, it's delivery. So it's so contrived. But find one where it's a girl talking about like an ex-boyfriend. I like oh. those. Pap, bow. My heart is broken on the floor. He said, and you're like, oh, no more. Sister, don't put another don't one on. I can't take it. It's horrible. <laughs> I know. It's an awful art form. It's, it is. We should just stop so start talking about something else. I because can't. it's 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 like stand up with no punchlines delivered by a guy who sucks at stand up. Yeah. Right. That's what it's like. It's I'm like so mic. excited Worse. for the amount of hate. We will collectively receive for oh, this. Yeah. Thing. So it's gonna be brutal. brutal. Deaf poetry slam. Do you have any poems? Still? Yeah. Do you have any old poems no. that you wrote? No. How dare you rip on the deaf poetry slam? The streets would all be cleaner. I don't forget how it worked. If I only had a gun, I, I, would I, just, I wrote something. <laughs> That's a good one. It was really terrible. It's I awful. just think they're misguided. Those 16 people. Sixteen when I wrote it. Which ones? The people doing that. I feel like you should tell them. You know what? You want to perform, and that's right. cool. This. Sh- thing that you're doing the whole thing sucks <laughs> so just, just get into a different right. art form right. like yeah. you chose the shitty thing you know what it's so. like it's like yeah. racing unicycles right Look, right unicycles are fucking stupid this is lame <laughs> and, and racing shitty. them is even dumber right because they don't work right they're, they're, they're terrible get on a bike the only way the only reason anybody rides a unicycle is because they're a fucking attention whore yeah. right. look at me the wheel's this big and there's only one of them dude. with the guy <laughs> like the, with a parrot on that guy we saw the other day yeah. <laughs> the, parrots, the, the parrot. exotic animal guy yeah just fucking oh. walking Jesus. around sweat shorts and a 6X shirt <laughs> we talked about this guy for five minutes <laughs> we looked at him out the window we couldn't stop because we were inside a car so we could abuse him without him hearing of course. it we're just Shat upon oh. him for at least five minutes on his lonely stroll with, that you know he does just for people to go. Yeah. That guy's got a fucking bird. <sighs> snake people yep. are like that. Snake people. Snake people do yeah. that. Yeah. How Did about people with ferrets? Oh yeah. My yeah. ferrets on a leash. Yeah. Yo, remember that guy in Miami who had the big lizard on his of shoulder? Course. Same thing. But now that guy was smart because he was like, "Oh, you like this lizard? It's twenty dollars to take a picture with <laughs> right, it." Right. Of course. Uh, like, which he that's he, a good racket. Twenty dollars to take a picture with it. He right. hoses. But see, he picked South Beach. He picked a place where there's all these tourists, and they're like, this is some shit you would never see anywhere. This is a Funny. guy. We came yeah. from Wisconsin. We saw a guy. <laughs> You're not going to believe this, with a lizard on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah he Might have been the craziest it. thing I've ever seen. <laughs> we couldn't believe it. You should have came with us. And he, thought, he walked around like it was a dog. <laughs> he didn't care. A lizard on your shoulder. Shoulder. White people. Walking down the street. Silly white people. <laughs> a boom, pow. Standing my pee. Those are the kind of white people that you would target if you wanted to start a cult, too. What? Exactly. The type of white people. Yes. Bring it all back to Scientology. Yes. yes. Those people, if you gave them a Dianetics book and started getting their email address and sending them some shit, yep. send them some pamphlets. Yeah. White people. Clearwater, Florida. Wow. You ever going down there? So that's no. a Scientology stronghold. My, my folks used to live there. That's to live in Clearwater. That's headquarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's world headquarters. Yeah, yeah, that's the spot where they all decided. 
It's, it's the perfect mm-hmm. level of uh, intelligence. Like the the average, it's way higher there of people that you can trick. Mm. You know, there's, I'm sure there's very smart people in Clearwater, Florida, yeah. but there's also a lot of like serious dummies. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can get them. That's where the charlatans go, right? You can get them. It's near, near Tampa, which has a lot of. We, we talked about that. A lot of swingers. Oh yeah. Oh my God, yeah. There was a club <laughs> uh, in Ocala that no longer uh, exists that was run by swingers. A lot of swingers. Yeah, we that go to part jacuzzi. of Florida. Yeah. Hey, what the hell? Come on, want to watch my wife and me fuck? Yeah. No. Uh, I'll pass. I was with Ari once, and we had a guy who drove us in Nashville, and he seemed like the most straight-laced guy until the last day. And the last day, as he's driving us to the airport, he starts talking about swinging. Mm. He starts talking about the rules that he, like, he goes, next time you come here, you know, I'll take you to the swinging club. <laughs> and Ari and I were like, huh? what? We're like, what are you talking about? And so then he starts telling us about the rules that they have. Mm. Like, well, you know, we have rules. If I don't, I'm not comfortable about it, she doesn't go with the guy. And, uh, you know, if she's not comfortable about it, uh, I don't go with a girl. Or sometimes we watch each other, but most of the time I, I don't like watching. Um, yeah, man. That's a lot. Would you ever share Christina with, with a... Oh, we already do. Oh, yeah, cuckolding. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Cuckold. Cuckolding. Tom loves it. Cuckolding. 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 Where's that word, where's that originate from? Shakespeare, yeah. Shakespeare? I'm sure. It sounds like an old-timey English word. It does sound old-timey, but I don't know if it is. I bet you, I bet you, like, codpiece and cuckolding is Shakespeare. Cuckold in the Wikipedia. Okay. Historically, it's historical. Historically referred to a husband with an adulterous wife and still often used with this meaning in evolutionary biology, the term cuckold is applied to males who are unwillingly, unwittingly investing parental effort in offsprings that are not genetically their own. Wow, that's deep. Wow. Mm. So if you're a stepfather, you're a cuckold. Since the 1990s, the term has been wildly used to refer to a sexual fetish in which the fetishist is stimulated by their committed partner choosing to have sex with someone else. Mm. Mm-hmm. So for some men, they get their rocks off that way, but the original verb... Uh, the original description of it, I guess it could be a ver- verb as well, right? Cuckolding. If you're in yeah. the middle of it, you're cuckolding. Sure. Would you ever do that? Never. Yeah. It's, okay. First appeared in 1250. Mm-hmm. Look at this. 1250. 1250 in a satirical and polemical poem, The Owl and the Nightingale. Wow. There you go. The term was clearly regarded as an embarrassingly direct, as embarrassingly direct, as evident. Evidence in John Lydgate's evident in John Lydgate's The Fall of the Princess in 1440. Oh. The late 14th century, the term also appeared in Geoffrey Chaucer's Miller's Tale. That's interesting. Shakespeare's poetry often referenced cuckolds. Ding, ding, ding. You nailed it. Winner, winner. You you're smart. Why are you married to him? Thank you. Is that how you guys get along? Because you're so me smart. my reward. Is that why we're? Is that why we get along? You're smart. Uh, it's her boobs. Totally, it's my. Do 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 do. it when I when I speak. Do you just hear like like chimp squeaks? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's yeah. other words words for it. There's uh there's cuckold in Bulgarian. Oh. Um, in Bulgarian, it's uh. Well, I tried. It. it doesn't even have English words or letters, so I don't know what the fuck. How do you say this? P O R C H O C H E and the number four. <laughs> you know, it's like a, sm- a lowercase four. Mm. It says, literally, literally, one who wears horns. One who wears horns in the act of being infa- unfaithful is called C. Uh, 
the number five. Jeez, A R Carnipora, literally Jeff to Marcus. attach horns. Hmm. Vietnamese is a Baikamsung. Baikamsung. It's all horn. It's all the word horn. Mal pressure. What's that? Massage. Mal pressure. Which area? You're too strong. You're very strong. You like pressure. They have in Greek. It's a totally different language. It's impossible. K, number three, backwards. P A T. A letter that doesn't exist, <laughs> no. meaning the horned one. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, no what is that? What is that fucking fetish guys would to want? To be shamed, I'm assuming. To I have a friend to like shame. who uh, went to a party and a man made his wife blow him. Hmm. Like he wa- the man watched and was giving instruction on how to blow him. Wow. Your friend was the one who did this? My friend was sitting outside on a porch at a party, and this woman was blowing him while the husband was sitting next to the woman giving directions. Wow. That's so crazy. Yeah, I was like, whoa, dude. That's so intense because I I feel as though that might violate some trust with my, like, I... I, You think? Wait a minute. (laughs) I I love you. I don't want you to do that with me. (laughs) Well, I don't, I don't think it's just that. I mean, it was weird for my friend, who was a single guy, to get head from some guy's wife while the guy is saying, rub his balls, rub his balls. Oh, my like he's life. Giving, wow. He's giving him direction, like, cradle his balls, cradle his balls, work the shaft, work the shaft. <laughs> is he going to come? Is he going to come? Take it in your mouth. Take it in your mouth. Oh, my <laughs> God. The whole deal. Yeah, there's freaks, Come in man. your mouth, come in your mouth. And the guy, my friend was like, oh, my God. What? He goes, I start, it started out, like, ridiculous. And he goes, but then, like, like... When the guy was like giving instruction, he goes, "It just got really gay and weird, and it was all oh, so no. off." Yeah, the guy was liking it, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole. The that payoff, was the, right? that's the payoff for him. That's why he does it. He likes his wife sucking a cock. Wow! Yeah. Right in front of him. Yeah. Well, I guess it's like that forbidden thing. It's like we were talking about at the beginning about mm. porn, mm. the gagging and two dicks in the ass. <laughs> like, yeah, it's forbidden. <laughs> you right. Know? The and taboo. This, this like you would never. Teach your wife how to suck a cock in front of you. Oh Would you? Yeah, God. would. I'm going to fucking tell her she's going to suck a cock, and I'm going to tell her what to do. Yeah. I'm going to tell this bitch what to do. You suck that cock. Look at that. Roll those balls. Oh, roll those balls, you dirty I bitch. I would laugh so hard if you did that. Could you imagine? I wouldn't be able to do it. Could like, you, oh, yeah? Could you just imagine <laughs> what what the fuck that oh, would God. be like? No. No. Jesus. No. No. But... But there's people Let's like way there's crazier a super shit. There's bond between husband and wife. No, I, I cannot. Not, not with this cuckold group. Not with the cuckolds. They're swingers. No, but, you I know, mean, you've seen, because I'm sure you've been, like, I've had couples, they're always never attractive, come up to you and they're like, what's up? Like, we're going to go out and have a good time. Do you want to join us? And you feel that, like, you know, that invitation oh, yeah. from them, like, come out with us. It'll be a great time. We're going to hit this crazy club and, like, check out my wife's tits. And, like, you know, yeah. they're, they're putting it out there, like, you know. You can, yes. come, you can come party with us. You no, know, I've been Weird so. Shit. It's, we've been together now for almost eight years, and to, the thought of being naked with somebody different is so crazy to me. Now. You haven't seen Brian naked? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. You don't want that? Imagine that. <laughs> no, how dare right you? How dare you? How dare you? Turn your back on that. Mm. Um, Wonderful opportunity. Hey, Joe, can I ask you a would you rather? Mm-hmm. We came up with a Please. new one in the car. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. a good one. This one's just for you, okay? Okay. Would you rather for an entire year? All you can eat, all you can eat is hot dogs from 7-Eleven and Gatorade. Okay. That's one option. Or... Wait, and you can't. Oh, and you cannot exercise, but you must eat 
uh, hot dogs and Gatorade, or the other option, no, or you can't eat, or you can't exercise. That's it. Right. So either you're not allowed to exercise, but you can eat what you want, or the other one is eating hot dogs and Gatorade, but you can still exercise. Hmm. That's a good question. Thank you. So here's the thing you have to consider, right? I think I would have to go with the no exercise. No exercise and eat whatever Any you want. Eat what you want. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I would eat healthy and not exercise. But yeah. I would do things that would be like exercise. I'd be like, well, I'm going to just work in a fucking sandbag yard now. Oh, right. Hmm. I would say, hey, man, can I, uh, can I work here for four hours a week? And then four days a week, that's crafty. I would come like in for an hour labor. and just work for like ten bucks an hour, throwing sandbags around. I would just do it really gangster. Okay, what? Let's revise this. What if you're just you can't do that? You I, just that's what to, I would do, though. I would. You can't. I would be too smart for you. you have to I would just take a job. I would take to, a hard labor job. You have to lay in bed. But yeah. you could do. <laughs> but you could do take all. The hot dogs. You would do all the exercise that you want with your hot dogs and Gatorade every day. Yeah. <laughs> Three, every meal is hot you dogs. You need more. Right. Your body would break down. How did you just? Yeah, your body would break down. You, you would have a real issue. If you were just eating hot dogs and Gatorade and, and trying to exercise, you, you wouldn't have the nutrients to sustain any sort of a strenuous exercise. Can someone please make a exercise video of just hot dogs and Gatorade? <laughs> Do you know why? We'd probably die of scurvy. We t- yeah. <laughs> did because one of our friends stayed at our house one time for like three days and he ate just hot dogs and Gatorade. Listen, man, ever yes. since I cut gluten out of my diet, I miss pasta, but they have great gluten-free pasta. You know what I really fucking miss? Mm. A hot dog mm. with a bun, bun a yeah. steamy bun with some mustard and sauerkraut. Mm. I miss that gummy, shitty bun. Bratwurst. So yeah. I miss Italian bread, too. Bratwurst you can still eat. You just can't eat the... I eat bratwurst. I just don't eat the bun. But the hot dogs... Now, what, explain this common. to me. What is this gluten-free? So that means what component? I don't, I don't eat any bread. I don't eat pasta. I don't eat anything that has flour in it. I've been doing it for about four months. Oh, good. Five, maybe five months. One, what I've noticed like right away when I first started doing it is how when I, when I have meals, after meals, I'm not tired anymore. Mm. Like I used to get tired. I would eat a meal. I'd be like, oh. Mm-hmm. I would hit that fucking lawn dart of just like exhaustion now i can eat a giant steak and i never get there Mm -hmm. i never get there Mm -hmm. i can eat potatoes and i never get there there's something about gluten about eating pasta never did anything bad to me like i don't have celiac disease It, it was not something that made me fat but when i quit eating pasta and bread I definitely lost body fat, like, mm. r- quickly. I, I noticed it on my face. Like, my face was, like, less puffy. My ring started to fit in my finger different, mm. slid, and I weigh almost the same. Hmm. Like, I'm, like, uh, uh, maybe I lost a few pounds, like, three or four pounds or something like that, but it seems like whatever the puffiness was, it's mm-hmm. like my puffiness number went down. Because I was eating pasta and bread every meal. Jesus. Oh, I love it. So, is there gluten-free bread? Yes. Okay. It's terrible. So it's like fucking cardboard. Actually, Udi's has some pretty decent gluten-free bread, but it's just simply not as good as gluten bread. It's just not. Because regular bread, you know, you take regular bread and you mush it and turn it into a ball, yeah. Yeah. and that ball becomes like, like it's that paste. Bread. Yeah, mm. it's it's like mm. eating gum. And there's you know? no nutritional value in that bread. That's no. the problem. Nothing. Yeah, it's just Nothing. sugar. Doesn't it convert to sugar in your body yeah. or something? Yeah. Tastes awesome. Your body doesn't want it at all. No. Your body doesn't like it. Your body doesn't perform as good. When I started doing, when I quit it, my endurance went up. 
Um, my body started feeling better. Uh, my back started feeling better. Like uh, that's what the mm. advice that I got from a physical therapist. She told me that she has great results in uh, people with back injuries, telling them to quit gluten. Mm. That the decrease inflammation of gluten actually decreases the size of their bulging discs. Mm. I was like, that is fucking nuts. She's like, well, it makes sense because it like knee injuries, like a lot of times like the swelling and, and the inflammation of knee injuries, you can reduce that as well. Yeah, I can see that. Fucking I mean, gluten. Don't they tell you just to eat fruits and vegetables and meats anyways? Like keep it lean yeah. that you way. You shouldn't even eat that much fruit. You should Sugar, let, limit the amount too. of fruit. Yeah. unless, Except like after working out is good or while you're working out, in the middle of doing things where you're burning off a lot of calories, fruit's good. But you should li- limit, definitely limit the amount of juice you drink. Because when you That's drink fruit juice, terrible, it's like yeah. straight sugar. Yes, I agree. It doesn't have fiber in it. You know, when you eat an apple, you're getting fiber. Mm-hmm. You eat an orange, you're getting fiber, and you're getting sweet. That's why you should just drink Gatorade, like, all day. <laughs> Gatorade and hot day. dogs. Well, what would you do? You guys do? Would you take the no exercise, or you would know, you take Gatorade and hot dogs? I, I, I can't, because I'm, I'm very particular with eating. I actually do watch what I eat. And yeah? I, I couldn't eat it. Because you feel like shit when you eat hot dogs and Gatorade. You feel yeah. awful. It's not good. No, and you can get by without exercising if you watch your diet properly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't eat like shit. You could definitely get away with being okay, you know? Yeah, not fantastic, but at least you can keep your weight down somewhat. I just, I don't know, the older I get, the harder it is to eat like shit. I can't even do it now. Well, plus, you would, I enjoy eating. That's another yeah. part of the problem. Yeah. I, I like good food. I like food that tastes good. Yeah. Hot dogs and fucking... It would drive me nuts after a while. <laughs> it would make you crazy. <laughs> All right, this podcast is basically over. I want you guys to uh, subscribe to Your Mom's House. It's on iTunes. It's fucking hilarious. It's Tom and Christina's podcast. And they can find you guys online. Do you, you guys have a podcast uh, website? Your Mom's House Podcast.com. Uh, TomSegura.com. TomSegura.com. ChristinaComedy.com. It's Christina. No, you don't know Bazitsky, huh? You don't trust people. <laughs> Negative. You're too no fucking stupid. Yeah. And uh, upcoming dates. You guys got any upcoming yes, dates? Yes, big oh, one. Hold on. uh, November 1st and 2nd, I'm running my hour in LA oh, at shit. Flappers in Burbank. Oh, and you can go shit. to my site and get it, uh, TomSegura.com. My special is November 9th in Minneapolis. You can get free tickets at TomSegura.com. Damn, Chris- free! Christine and I are doing Your Mom's House live November 22nd at the Ice House and December 5th in uh, San Diego at the American Comedy Company. Good, googly, moogly. I'm in San Diego this weekend at the Madhouse Comedy Club. October 25th through 27th, and then in Hartford at the Funny Bone, November 14th through 17th. Boom. Sweet Jesus. We're, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Use the code Joe and the number 10, one word, Joe10. Save 10% off your first purchase on new accounts. Um, that's squarespace.com, the number Joe10. We're also brought to you by stamps.com for your super awesome extra sweet deal. Use the code word JRE and get your $110 bonus offer, which includes a digital scale and up to $55 of free postage. We're also brought to you by Onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T. Use the code name Rogan and save 10% off any of the supplements. We'll be back tomorrow with the one and only Eddie Bravo to break down this past weekend's UFC that Tommy Buns was ringside for. Unbelievable. Tune in for that shit. Those fights were Incredible! It's the greatest night of fights in the history. Incredible! Of the world. Diego was, Sanchez fight was incredible. Incredible, and the main event, um, uh, Dos Santos Velasquez, was just yeah, mind blowing, <laughs> crazy shit. All right, we love you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow. Big kiss, Mwah. ciao.